Expos Baseball. Good evening, everyone. This is Ross Taylor with Dave Van Horn speaking to you from Forbes Field in Pittsburgh and about to bring you the play-by-play broadcast of the final game of the 1969 season between the Expos and the Pirates. And here in Pittsburgh this afternoon, the rain really came down quite heavily. However, this ball game will get underway. There was no batting practice previous uh, to tonight's game. The grounds crew is still putting the final touches to the infield, and the ball game will be starting as scheduled in about 15 minutes from now. For the Montreal Expos, in their final game of the 1969 season, right-hander Jerry Robertson will start on the hill. For the Pittsburgh Pirates, another right-hander, Bob Moose. And the last time Bob Moose took to the pitching mound, he pitched a no-hit, no-run game against the Eastern Division champion, New York Mets. So this will be Moose's first appearance since pitching that no-hitter against the Mets. We have a very interesting broadcast, I'm sure, for all our Expo listeners along the line, uh, because this is the final broadcast of the 1969 season. Throughout it, Dave and I, of course, will be reviewing some of the highlights, uh, some of the big moments of the 1969 season. But no, right now, Dave has a gentleman with him, well-known to Montrealers, who has every reason to uh, look back in 1969 and smile and also to look ahead. Dave? Okay, Russ, thank you very much, and good evening once again, everybody. Glad to have you aboard for this game, the final game of the 1969 season. And the gentleman sitting between Russ and myself is the general manager of the Montreal Expos, Jim Fanning. We'll be talking to Jim a little bit later on. Uh, Right now, last night, uh, if you were with us, uh, you'll recall we were talking to the players about their plans for the winter and their off-season activities and where they're heading, and we talked to about half the players, and tonight we talked to the other half. So uh, in just one minute, you'll hear from the Montreal Expos players, and then we'll talk with Jim Fanning. Say, fans, even though the Montreal Expos will be playing their final game tonight here in Pittsburgh, it's business as usual for the rest of the year for the Montreal Expos box office. Because a lot of fans, of course, have already started to send in their orders for season tickets for the 1970 season. And good news from the Expos. The ticket prices will remain exactly the same as in the 1969 season, which means a box seat will cost $350, which means also that you'll save $35 by buying a box seat. Reserve seats remain the same, $250. You'll make a saving of $19.50 by buying a reserve seat. So as we said, ticket uh, reservations, uh, reserve seat reservations, season ticket reservations, we should say, are now being taken by the Montreal Expos, right to the Montreal Expos, 1010 St. Catherine Street West in Montreal. This is pitcher Gary Wozlowski. Hi, Dave. Gary, what are your plans after this season? Well, I'm going back to Boston, and uh, I have a job back there with an investment firm, and I'm going to work there. Gary, is this something uh, that you were preparing for, the investment field, uh, when your baseball career is over someday? That's right, Dave. I figured I'd better start now while I've still got some time left in baseball, and uh, it'll take me a while to build up a clientele, but that's why I'm doing it now. Okay, Gary, good luck. We'll see you in the springtime. Thank you very much. Let's catch a John Barcabella. Dave, I'm going to go down to winter ball uh, in the Instructional League in Florida for about two or three weeks and see if I can get uh, my batting stroke and a little bit of confidence back, and then I'm going to go back to California and uh, 
sell life insurance for Metropolitan Life and uh, look forward to spring training next year. John, have you been in the life insurance business during the offseason very long? No, I haven't. Uh, I was approached during the season this year uh, by a representative in, in the Bay Area in San Francisco, and he wanted me to sell for him, so I'm going to give it a try and see how it works out. So you'll be able to work and stay at home at the same time? Right, I hope so. Make some money. Okay, John, good luck. We'll see you in the spring. Thank you very much, Dave. Expos right fielder Rusty Staub. Rusty, how about you? When the season's over, what's in? what are your plans? Well, Davey, I, I have a few things planned. Uh, you know, I've kind of formed a corporation in, in Canada, and uh, called Rusty Staub Incorporated, and uh, we kind of use it in a kind of a corporate way with some big companies. A few things have come our way, and I'm going to be, you know, doing some work for the companies that the corporation is involved with. Uh, I will also probably be involved with uh, the Stagecoach Restaurant. Uh, we, uh, you know, have to talk about a lot of things naturally, but uh, that seems to be the thing that's going right now. But a lot of things have been coming along lately, uh, and I, I guess I'll just have to see how the winter is going to progress. Uh, I'm pretty open to everything. I'm not tied in deeply to any particular thing right now except the corporation and uh, except for that and a little traveling down to Houston to visit my home and the people down there and uh, into New Orleans to visit my family. Uh, I'll probably be, uh, you know, just bouncing around Montreal seeing what's going on. And I know uh, around all that business and that travel back and forth there's going to be some hard work. Uh, you've told me that you plan uh, somewhat of a program to stay in shape over the winter. Oh, definitely, Davey. Uh, we're going to, the, the clubhouse has got uh, quite a nice setup for the players that are going to be there. And uh, I'll be working probably four or five days a week. Uh, I take a couple hours a day to make sure that by the time spring training comes along, I'm in pretty good shape. Uh, I think if you reach a level of physical fitness like we do during the season and you waste it over the four or five months you're off during wintertime, it's just really stupid. So uh, I try to maintain uh, a real good tone to everything during the off season. This is what I'm you know, definitely going to be doing again this year. Okay, Rusty, good luck during the winter. We'll see you in the spring, and obviously we'll see you many times during the winter. That's a deal. Infielder Kevin Collins. Kevin, uh, with the season over now, where do you head, and what are your plans for the winter? Well, uh, right now the wife and I are going to go over to Ireland uh, October 8th for about three weeks, and uh, coming back around the 1st of November, and I'm going down to winter ball. Kevin Collins heading for Ireland. Is that a first trip for you, Kev? Yeah, first one. You both have uh, relatives over there? Yeah, I have relatives in Ireland, and my wife has relatives in England. And then it's winter ball after that. Right. Well, Kevin, good luck during the winter. We'll see you in the springtime. Thank you very much, Dave. This is pitcher Bill Stolman. Bill, uh, how about you? What are your plans for the winter now that the season's over? I'll be going to the Instructional League for about a month down in Florida and uh, coming back to Montreal. And uh, really don't have any job lined up yet, but I hope uh, in a week or so I'll have something lined up in Montreal. Bill, any particular field that you'd like to pursue in the off season? Well, uh, really, I, I would kind of like to get into the investment uh, field, but uh, if something else pops up, well, I, I'll probably take it. Okay, Bill, we'll be seeing you many times, I'm sure, during the winter, so good luck, and we'll see you in the springtime. Thanks very much, Dave. And this is pitcher Claude Raymond. Uh, Claude, with the season over now, what are your plans? Well, first, I'm going to go on a hunting and fishing trip because I want to take a little vacation of this season, and then in the winter I'm supposed to talk to Mr. John McHale and Mr. Fanning, and most likely I will work for the ball club. I don't know in which capacity, and also there's a couple of companies that have approached me, so I don't really know right now, but most likely I'll be working for the ball club. Uh, Claude, what kind of a wintertime program do you pursue to keep yourself in shape and to be ready for uh, spring? Well, I'm going to do some exercises every day, sit-ups, and uh, I'm going to jump the rope, and uh, I'm going to watch my, my weight because uh, I got a little tendency to gain 
a couple pounds in the winter, but I, I think if I don't gain those two pounds, I'll be that much better off in spring training. I just have to stay away from desserts and uh, bread and butter, so I'll be all right. Well, it sounds like a fun but busy winter for you, so good luck. I'm sure that uh, we'll be seeing a lot of each other in Montreal during the winter. We'll wish you the best of luck and look forward to seeing you back in the uniform again next spring. Okay, thank you very much, Dave. We'll see you in the banquet circuit. Well, between last night and tonight, we managed to talk with all of the Expos about their plans for this coming winter. And I'll continue this pregame show in just one minute. Well, fans, there'll be a lot of reminiscing on the season uh, that's coming to a close tonight here at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. A lot of wonderful things have happened to baseball fans in the northeastern United States and eastern Canada as Major League Baseball went outside the United States and came to the very vibrant city of Montreal. Well, you'll want to capture some of these memories, and some of these memories will be contained in the Expos yearbook. For instance, the formation of the ball club, uh, spring training, that story is told in the Expos yearbook. You'll find also a color portrait of the team taken at West Palm Beach in Florida, and you can keep that as a souvenir, because that uh, color portrait, the first uh, team picture of the Montreal Expos, of course, a lot of them, like Maury Wills and Jim Grant, no longer with the ball club, all the more reason why you want to keep it as a souvenir. For a copy of the Expo's yearbook, send $1.25 to Yearbook, Jerry Park, Montreal. That's Yearbook, Jerry Park, Montreal. Well, you've heard from the players, and I mentioned earlier in the program that we talked for a couple of minutes with... Uh, General Manager Jim Fanning and Jim, uh, we were just in agreement. There's no way you can cap this uh, this great year that uh, that we've enjoyed in, the, in this expansion year. You really can't uh, go over the highlights. It would it would just take so long. But uh, there is some sort of a strange feeling here tonight to realize that this is the last game of the season and uh, it's all over. That first year that uh, seemed so far away, way back uh, last fall. Well, the feeling that you feel, uh, Dave, and the feeling that I have is one that. A professional ball player feels every year this time, the last day, and that's, and he only knows it because he's experienced it in the past. But in the next two weeks, these ball players that are in that dugout right now will have a void, a void will come across their lives, and the the, the true major leaguer will be itching to do something. He'll be he'll be disappointed that there's not a ballpark to go to and a, and a uniform to get into and play the game. You're going to experience it in the next two weeks because you're going to miss it so much. I know I'm going to miss it. I'm going to be wrapped up in playoffs, and I'm going to be back in St. Petersburg with our kids, and I'll be in the World Series. There will be many, many things to do to occupy my mind, but the void will be there, and I will miss very, very definitely going to Jerry Park and seeing games and uh, getting the feel of the excitement that was Montreal's Major League Baseball in 1969. And I just can't wait until next year. And I've talked to many of our ballplayers. Ron Ferry, for one, just the other day said, I wish spring training was beginning the day after the season ends so we could start preparing for 1970. And I'm sure that the players who played in Montreal this year, regardless of what they did, experience a, a true and magnificent experience of Major League Baseball in, in a grand city and I don't say that just to be uh, from the position I'm in I say this because I feel it and every writer that came to town every broadcaster uh, every fan came away with, a, with an unusually warm feeling about baseball Big League Baseball and being Big League Baseball in Montreal 
Jim, you've said it so well, better than I could uh, put it in words, and I won't attempt to add to that, except that uh, I can't help but agree 100% with what you said. And ironically, uh, Traveling Secretary Gene Kirby and I were talking just yesterday, and uh, Gene said, uh, well, Dave, one more day to go. And I said, yeah, but Gene, I don't know how you feel, but if we were starting another 162 the next day, I'm all ready. And he said, you know, I am too. And, and you just have that feeling that... Uh, you hate to see this this great and wonderful thing that has happened come to an end, but it uh, really gets you charged up to even think about next year, which I know is what is on your mind now to prepare the youngsters in the in a winter leagues, uh, the instructional league, and get set for spring training. Well, Dave, Gene and I talked this afternoon, and I came in from St. Petersburg this morning with Mel Didier. In fact, we're going to film almost the entire game tonight on 16-millimeter film. We have a number of things specifically that we want to put on film. We want to show it this winter. We want to use it back and forth. And we'll get involved in considerable filming in 1970 in our spring training. But we were talking this afternoon, and uh, we talked about next year. We talked about players. I talked to a couple of general managers today, and, and we talked about players. And uh, uh, thoughts already are, are being formed and suggestions for what can we do to improve our club and how can we improve the players that we have? And, and we rather felt this way, and I'd and I, and I like to tell you that, that we, we just felt that we had a call. I had a call today from a general manager. I returned the call from the Tampa airport, and he was interested in a player or two that we had. And uh, Gene and I then talked about it and said that the players we have, really, the pitchers we have after a winter of, of, of instruction in the instructional league and uh, a full spring training, we may have right here on this ball club the pitching we need for next year. And uh, we're going to view this pretty pretty much in that, in that line. And unless we can better ourselves considerably, we may have right here the players that can perform for us next year. I know uh, that that is uh, thinking, and uh, I, I think that... Uh, the fans have seen the progress that our young ball players have made, and uh, they too uh, would feel the same way and are looking forward to next season. Jim, want to thank you very much for taking time to come by here and chat for a couple of minutes on our final 1969 broadcast. Thank Thanks, you so Dave. much, General Manager. Right, General Manager Jim Fanning. Right now, let's take 10 seconds for station identification on the Expos Baseball Radio Network. This is the home of Expo Baseball in the Capital District, WHRL in Albany, New York. All right, right now, the umpires will be coming to home plate in a couple of minutes, so I'll be back with a look at tonight's starting pitchers in just one minute. How would you like a Christmas shopping suggestion? Expos season tickets for next year. Box seats cost $350, a saving of $35 if you buy a box seat. Reserve seats will cost $250, a saving of $19.50 if you buy a reserve seat. And good news from the Expos, these prices are exactly the same as this past season, 1969, which means no boost in prices for Major League Baseball at Jerry Park next year. Box seats, $350, reserve seats, $250, and orders are now being accepted by the Montreal Expos box office. For further information... Write to the Montreal Expos Baseball Club, 1010 St. Catherine Street West, Montreal. That's the Montreal Expos Baseball Club, 1010 St. Catherine Street West, in Montreal. Tonight's starting pitcher is right-hander Bob Moose for the Pirates, has won 13 and lost 13, and right-hander... 
Jerry Robertson will be on the mound for the Expos. Jerry is the pitcher on the Expos staff of the regular starters with the lowest earned run average, uh, as we say, of the regulars with a 3.93 ERA. He's won five and lost 15. This will be his 27th start of the year. And that's his number, so maybe that's a good sign. Jerry Robertson against Bob Moose. Now stay tuned for Expos Baseball. Hello, this is David DeSisto, your host on the Coho Stereo Hour, inviting you to be listening this Saturday and every Saturday at noon for the Coho Stereo Hour. Keep up on what's going on in the All-America City. Listen to the Coho Stereo Hour Saturday at noon. And by the way, if your club or civic organization has an upcoming event, or if a friend or relative has an upcoming birthday, wedding, or anniversary, send along that information to yours truly, David DeSisto, at WHRL Stereo, Box 333, Albany, New York, Zip 12201. And that address, once again, just in case you missed it, WHRL Stereo, Box 333, Albany, New York, Zip 12201. And remember, be listening Saturday at noon for the Coho Stereo Hour. something for anyone who's ever watched, played, or loved baseball, a chance to relive all the great moments and sounds and excitement of 100 years of baseball. It's the official centennial record album marking the 100th anniversary of professional baseball, yours for just $3. In the special record album narrated by James Stewart and Kurt Gowdy, you'll hear the actual voices of Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth as they speak their emotional farewells to thousands of hushed fans. You'll thrill to the roar of the crowd as Don Larson completes a perfect World Series game. You'll feel the old familiar tingle along your spine as Joe DiMaggio, Jeff Williams, Bob Feller, Willie Mays, Sandy Koufax, Dan Musio, Mickey Mantle, and all the other baseball greats come alive around you. How can you get your copy of the album? Send $3 U.S. funds or $3.25 Canadian funds with your name and address to Montreal Expos, Baseball Centennial Record Album, Post Office Box 500, Revere, Massachusetts. That's $3 U.S. funds or $3.25 Canadian funds with your name and address to Montreal Expos, Baseball Centennial Record Album, Post Office Box 500, Revere, Massachusetts. Russ Taylor with Dave Van Horn back at historic Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. And right now, the crowd rises for the playing of the national anthems of Canada and the United States.
batting lineup for tonight's ball game for the Montreal Expos. The leadoff man will be second baseman Marv Staley. Jim Ferry in center field will bat second. Rusty Staub hitting 301 and a member of the top 10 in batting in the National League bats third for the Expos and will play right field. Mac Jones in left field will be cleanup man. Kevin Collins at third base bats fifth. Sixth in the order, Ty Klein at first base. Ron Brand, the catcher, will be batting seventh. Bobby Wine, the shortstop, will be eighth man in the order. And ninth man up will be the pitcher, Jerry Robertson. For the Pittsburgh Pirates, Matty Alou will lead off in center field. Dave Cash at second base bats second. Roberto Clemente in right field will be third man up for the Pirates. Willie Stargell gets the cleanup assignment, as usual tonight. Stargell in left field. Al Oliver, the first baseman, will be batting fifth. Sixth in the order, Manny Sanguian, the catcher. The seventh man up will be Richie Hefner at third base. Little Freddie Patek at shortstop will be batting eighth. And Bob Moose, the pitcher, will be batting ninth. Uh, we have to apologize. I must apologize for rushing through those uh, batting orders. Uh, for those of you who are keeping a scorecard at home, however, time is running a little late. Staley is already in the batter's box, and Bob Moose is set to throw the first pitch. And all set for the play-by-play, Dave Van Horn. Thank you very much, Russ. Marv Staley, Jim Perry, Rusty Stott. First pitch to Staley, down low, ball one, and this game is underway, the final game of the 1969 season. Staley bats left. Bob Moose, his first outing since he pitched the no-hitter against the New York Mets at Shea Stadium. The 1-0 is foul back onto the screen. One ball and one strike. Staley is hitting 429 in five games. He has six hits and 14 at-bats with the Expos, including one home run. Playing second base. Choking up a little bit on the bat, maybe two, three inches, that's all. Moose into the windup, the 1-1 pitch, and a breaking ball missed the outside corner. Two balls and one strike. Well, the Expos won more games than the San Diego Padres, if that has any meaning in this expansion year. Pitch is way inside. Ball three, three and one. We've won 52. The Padres have won 50. Here's a 3-1. Cut on, this ball hit high out of the air down the left field line. Stargell crossing the line into foul territory. Can't get it. Full count to Marv Staley. Three balls, two strikes. That went down into the Expos bullpen, way down that left field line. It's uh, It's been some years. We mentioned on the pregame show, uh, just uh, next to impossible to recap the highlights the joys and the thrills of this first year. Here's a 3-2. Staley swings. A good drive to right center. Could be trouble. Clemente over there can't get it. This is going to the power alley. Rounding first, headed for second is Staley. Clemente up with the ball, and Staley will hold it second base with a stand-up double to lead this game off against right-hander Bob Moose. Marv Staley doubles to the right center power alley. A 3-2 pitch from Moose. So there's the first hit of the ball game, and the batter is Jim Ferry. Jim Ferry is hitting 267. Another left-hand batter. Moose has won 13 and lost three and has a very nice 3.02 ERA. He deals. Swing and a foul. At the plate. 0 and 1 the count. After Jim Ferry, Rusty Stobb. Rusty's on deck. Big guy. 
wanting to finish the year 300 or better. He'll do it. Here's a strike called 0-2 to Perry. Stop. Batting 301 at the start of the game is now in the National League top 10. Along with Matty Sanguian of Pittsburgh, they're number 9 and 10. Moose is at the belt, looks at the runner, the 0-2. Perry swings a looping liner down the left field line. It drops fair ball. And coming around third, headed for the plate, is Staley. Holding at first base, Jim Perry with an RBI single down the left field line. The Expos take a one to nothing lead. Couple of hits now of Moose. And Jim Perry drives in a run here with an opposite field single. The batter, Rusty Staub, hitting 301, leads the club in hits with 164, in runs with 89, home runs with 29, walks with 109, 11 of them intentional. Rusty Staub, left-hand hitter. The runner, Jim Perry, takes his lead from first. Moose gives him a look, the pitch to Staub. Breaking ball for a strike, 0-1. On deck is Mac Jones. Stargell's in left, Alou in center, and Clemente in right. Around the infield, Hebner at third, Patek at short, Cash at second, and Oliver at first. Sanguian's catching. Here's a move to first base. Ferry gets back in the bag. 0-1, the count on Rusty Stop. The pitch. Down in the dirt, gets away from Sanguian. Now he's found it in the runner will hold, Jim Ferry at first base. Sanguin had trouble finding that ball, and it was just behind the plate umpire, Augie Donatelli. Sanguin had to move Donatelli out of the way with a little nudge. Came up with the ball, Ferry holding first. One ball, one strike. Moose is set, the pitch. Stops, swings, and misses. One and two. Rusty in the RBI department is four behind Coco LeBoy and tied with Mac Jones. Coco leaves the club in RBIs with 83. Mac and Rusty have 79. Here's the one-two. Swing and a foul. Bounced over top of the Pirates' dugout into the seats off to our right. One ball, two strikes. We could very well be watching a historic game here tonight. The final Pittsburgh Pirates game at Forbes Field. They're scheduled to move into the new Three Rivers Stadium next year and the newspapers here today said uh, it looks like they'll make it on schedule and get in there in April. They are only about uh, three weeks behind schedule and most of the work that they're behind on involves work surrounding the uh, stadium itself. Here's the one-two. Stop, swings and fouls it off to the left. Still a ball and two strikes. It involves entrance uh, roadways to the stadium parking area, the parking area itself. The stadium proper construction's coming along right on schedule. There are some who pessimistically say this is not the final game at Forbes Field, though. Here's the one-two to stop. Check swing, and Donatelli says, Rusty, you went around. And he's out swinging. The stop goes down. A strikeout here for Bob Moose. And the batter will be Mac Jones. Mac Jones is batting 270. Mac has 122 hits, 452 trips to the plate. 
Barry at first, one out. Expos leading one nothing. First pitch to Mack is high. Ball one, one and zero. Oh. On deck, Kevin Collins. The infield's a double play depth with Patek playing back just a couple of steps. The pitch to Mack hit the inside corner about belt high. One ball and one strike. Al Oliver, the first baseman, playing a step behind the bag, protecting the line. A 1-1 to Mack. Swung on and missed. Strike two. Pittsburgh right-hander Bob Moose getting out in front. One ball, two strikes. We're in the top of the first. The game just underway. Moose is ready. The 1-2 pitch. Swung on and foul tipped at the plate down into the dirt. Still a ball and two strikes. We have, I would say, maybe 2,000 here tonight. And uh, with a couple of good crowds here in Pittsburgh, last night and tonight, the Expos would have finished up on the road playing to over one million fans. Here's the one-two to Mac Jones. Low and inside, ball two. Dave, uh, San Francisco's Candlestick Park was a lonely place this afternoon. Only 1,995 turned out. They saw the Padres beat the Giants 3-2. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Max swings and misses strike three. He's out of there. So back-to-back strikeouts here for Bob Boos getting Rusty Staub and Mac Jones. Out of the batter will be Kevin Collins with two outs and Jim Ferry at first base. Marv Staley led this thing off with a double and Ferry drove him in with an opposite field single. Now with two down, Kevin Collins moves in. Kevin is batting 250 for Montreal in 51 games, 23 for 92 for the year, including his New York totals. He's batting 220. Here's the pitch. Collins swings and misses. Strike one. If Kevin can get on, Ty Klein will be the batter. Ty is playing at first base tonight. Ron Fairley out with that sore neck. Here's the 0-1 pitch. Cut on. Bounce to the right side. Up with it. Cash. He throws the first. That's all for Collins. And that's all for the Expos. But there's one run in on two hits. No errors, one man left. And the score, the Montreal Expos won. The Pittsburgh Pirates coming to bat. Checking those scores elsewhere in the National League this afternoon, the Cubs beat the Mets 5-3. to three. Too little, too late for the Cubs. Decker the winner, Cardwell the loser. Santo and Banks homered for the Cubs, where Santo was 29th of the year, for Banks is 23rd. The Padres beat the Giants 3-2. Kirby the winner over Robertson. As we told you, 1,999 fans turned out for that game. Cincinnati at Atlanta tonight, no score in the bottom half of the first inning. Philadelphia's at St. Louis. Houston at Los Angeles. The Cardinals uh, still have a chance of finishing in a third-place tie with the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates have clinched at least a tie for third place, but St. Louis could finish in a tie should the Pirates lose tonight and St. Louis win their ball game with the Phillies. Houston plays at Los Angeles. That game on the West Coast will be coming in a little later on. In the bottom half of the first inning, the Pirates lead off man, Matty Alou. It'll be Matty Alou, Dave Cash, and Roberto Clemente. Russ Taylor along with Dave Van Horn bringing you the final game of the 1969 season. 
Jerry Robertson has completed his warm-ups. Jerry has worked in a total of 37 games. This is his 27th starting assignment. He has three complete games and a 5-15 and 15 record. He's worked 174 in a third innings and has a 3.93 ERA. And among the starting pitchers, that's the best. Jerry Robertson will face Matty Alou, Dave Cash, and Roberto Clemente. Alou, left-hand batter, fourth-best hitter in the league. Batting 330. First pitch is bounced to the right side. Up with it is Staley. He throws to Klein, and that's all for Alou. One pitch, and he's out. That brings Dave Cash to the plate, right-hand batter. This young buck is batting 268. Clemente on deck. The Expos leading 1-0. Here's Robbie's windup and the pitch. Hit the outside corner just above the knees, a strike. 0-1. Here's the pitch. Fastball is fouled upstairs to our right. 0-2. Robbie out in front quickly. Robbie last year only worked 78 innings, the year before 91. The most he has ever worked was in 1966 at St. Petersburg in the Florida State League. He worked 115 innings, and this year has chalked up 174 in the third innings. The 0-2 pitch, cracked foul, way up to the right. Still 0-2 on Dave Cash. I asked Robbie when we flew down here to get set for this series on the plane if... uh, Maybe he wasn't a little bit tired working that many innings, and he said, you know, I really don't think so. Here's the 0-2 pitch, inside, ball one. He said, I had the flu, and I had uh, some dental work that needed to be done, had a bad tooth, and he said, I think the combination of those things had me down, and I was just weak physically, but I don't think it's tired from, I'm tired from pitching. Swing and a miss, cash is out. Two down, strikeout for Jerry. The batter, Roberto Clemente. Robbie's looking forward to going to the instructional league. He is most pleased with the opportunity that manager Gene Mock has given him. Fine young right-hander, Jerry Robertson. Roberto Clemente gets a nice hand as he steps up here. Clemente batting 342. He's been in the battle for the batting crown, but... Looks like it's all over but the shouting for Pete Rose. The first pitch low and away from Clemente. Ball one. The wind up in the pitch. Clemente takes it high. Ball two. Two and nothing. The Pirates are expecting... uh, well, I shouldn't say the Pirates are expecting. There was a rumor here today. Here's a pitch to Clemente. Inside, ball three. Robbie behind 3-0. and oh. There's a rumor here today that the Pirates would name their manager within 10 days. And uh, a lot of speculation as to who it might be. Here's a 3-0 pitch. It's high, ball four, and Clemente is on with two outs. Stargell will be the batter. Dave, if my mathematics are correct, I was figuring it out before the ball game got underway. Roberto Clemente would have to go 4 for 4, and Pete Rose would have to go 0 for 4 in uh, tonight's Cincinnati game. 
in order for Clemente to win the batting championship. He would then uh, defeat uh, Pete Rose by one percentage point. Well, here is Stargell swinging a foul tip off his ankle on the first pitch. Willie's batting 308. Clemente, since 1960, the last nine years, has had only one year in which he has not hit 300. And that was last year when he hit 291, and he'll hit 300 this year. One of the great hitters of the National League, Roberto Clemente, the runner at first base. Willie Stargell at the plate. The 0-1 taken inside, ball one. One ball, one strike. There are two outs. Al Oliver is on deck. He'll come up as Stargell gets on. Expos leading one to nothing here in the first inning. Robertson deals. Stargell swings and misses strike two. A ball and two strikes. Willie said his goal was to hit for average in the first half of the season and for home runs in the second half, and he did just that. He hit over 300 in the first half of the season. Dropped to about 290 in the second half. In the first half of the season, he hit 12 home runs. In the second half of the season, he's hit 17 home runs. The next one down low, ball two. Two balls and two strikes to Willie Stargell. Stargell wanted to hit one more ball on the roof of Forbes Field before he moved out of here, and he hit three this year onto that right field roof. His pitch is low, but he swung and went after it, and he's out. Boy, Jerry threw that ball down in the dirt, and Stargell went after it. He was anxious. So he goes down swinging two strikeouts here. For Jerry Robertson and the Pirates are through in the first. No runs, no hits, no errors. One left at the end of one. It's the Expos one and the Pirates nothing. In the American League this afternoon, the Minnesota Twins defeated the Chicago White Sox 6-5. to Grisenda, the winner, he's 4-1. Johnson, the loser, he's 1-3. Home runs in that game for the Twins. Reese, Oliva, and Allison. For Rich Reese, his 16th of the year for Tony Oliva. His 24th for Bob Allison, his 8th home run of the year. Tonight in the American League, it'll be California at Kansas City and Oakland at Seattle. Cleveland was to play the Yankees at Yankee Stadium in New York. However, we're just in. That game has been canceled by rain. And, of course, on this, the final day of the schedule, they don't say postpone. There's no postponement. It's just canceled, and it means the Yankees and the Cleveland Indians will wind up with 161 games played this season. But since it had no effect at all on the standings in the Eastern Division of the American League, they just canceled the game outright. Yankees finished in fifth place. Cleveland finished sixth in the Eastern Division. Stepping in, left-hand hitter Ty Klein. Ty is batting in the number six spot. The pitch. Taken high, ball one. It'll be followed by Ron Brand and Bobby Wine. Ty Klein has hit 239 in 100 games. 49 hits, 205 at-bats. The 1-0. Klein takes a breaking ball for a strike. One ball and one strike. That charter flight back to Montreal tonight is going to be... Could be a very lonely flight. Here's a 1-1 and a swung on and missed strike two. One ball, two strikes. So many of the ball players are heading for home right here from Pittsburgh after tonight's game. Or first thing in the morning. Here's the 1-2 pitch. Chopped foul to the right side. Still one ball and two strikes to Ty Klein. Ty Klein is one of those who will 
stay overnight here in Pittsburgh and head for Charleston, South Carolina in the morning. And the man that's on deck, Ron Brand, he'll be heading back to Montreal where he'll be spending the winter. Moose winds it up the one-two pitch. Ty swings, ground ball to the left side, up with it, Patek. He fires the first in time, and he's got climbed by a step and a half. Dave, uh, Bob Bailey gave me a 15-cent tip today. That here's a dime and a nickel. I won't need them. Canadian coins, he's heading out to California. Could that be considered a bribe? 15 cents. I don't know. We'll have to look that up in the book here. Payola? Yeah, we'll have to look up in uh, broadcasting ethics and find out. Here's a pitch to Ron Brand. Way outside, ball one. Ron Brand is batting 258. Bobby Wine is on deck. The outfield is shallow and around to the right for Ronnie. The next one's cut on and chopped to the left side. Patek deep in the hole, fires the first, and he's got him. Patek made a nice throw because as he went in the hole and planted himself, he slipped a little bit, but still got the throw away to get Brand at first. So, two up, two down, the batter, Bobby Wine. Bobby uh, went home to Philadelphia from Montreal after Sunday's game there and drove to Pittsburgh for this two-game series. He's driving back to Philadelphia after the game tonight. Right-hand hitter Bobby Wine hit 202 for the year. Swing and a miss. Strike one. And Bobby, while not making light of his efforts at the plate, Bobby did cracked the joke in the clubhouse tonight that he was going to go out there tonight. He wanted to finish up hitting 205 for the season. He thought that <laughs> sounded better than 202. <laughs> the count has gone one and one. Bob Moose deals. Wine swings and fouls one onto the roof up to our right. One ball and two strikes. Bobby, of course, will have just a few days before he heads down to Florida and to the Instructional League. Here's the one-two pitch. Wine swings and misses a breaking ball. Third strikeout for Bob Moose in this ball game, and the Expos are down one, two, three in the second. At the end of one and a half at Forbes Field, the Expos won, the Pirates nothing. Fans, we'd like to remind you once again of the baseball centennial album which is now on sale. Actually, it's obtainable by mail by writing to the Montreal Expo Centennial Album, Box 500, Revere, Massachusetts. Send $3 American money, check or money order, or $3.25 Canadian money, check or money order. And we've been talking all about this record. It contains the voices of some of the greats of the game, the late great Babe Ruth, Chris Speaker, Honus Wagner, many, many others. Also, some fine play-by-play excerpts from World Series of Years Gone By. Remember Al John Frito's great catch off Joe DiMaggio? Well, that description is on this Expos baseball record. Also, another great moment in history right here at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh when Bill Mazeroski hit the game-winning home run off Ralph Terry of the Yankees, 1960 World Series. So fans, for a copy of the Baseball Centennial Album, 
send $3.25 Canadian money or $3 American money, check or money order, to Montreal Expo's Baseball Centennial Album, Box 500, Revere, Massachusetts. Right now, let's take 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Expo Baseball Radio Network. This is the home of Expo Baseball in the Capital District, WHRL in Albany, New York. Al Oliver is the first batter for the Pirates here in the bottom of the second with the Expos leading 1-0. Jerry Robertson delivers high and inside, ball one. Oliver, left-hand batter, hitting 286. Fine-looking rookie, swinging a foul dip at the plate. One ball, one strike. Oliver wound up hitting 286 in 128 games, had 17 home runs, 70 RBIs. Here's the 1-1. Breaking ball just missed the outside corner. A little low. Two balls, one strike. Collins playing even with the bag for the left-hand hitter. The right side of the infield moves back. Klein at first, Staley at second. Next pitch is low for ball three, and it's three and one now to Al Oliver. Robbie delivers. Got on and fouled way off to the left. Three and two. Pirates have drawn 766,669 fans this year at Forbes Field. There's a three two. It's hit high into the air and foul off to the left into the seats again. Still three and two. They're ahead of last year's attendance. Of course, they've had a club that gave it a pretty good run here in the month of uh, September. The three-two pitch, cut on and bounced to the right side. Staley charges, has it, throws to Klein. That's all for Oliver, and the batter will be Manny Sanguian. The Pirates, by taking third place, and they leave Pittsburgh by a game, they've assured themselves of at least a tie, and they, well, they've got it, because uh, the best St. Louis can do is get within a half a game. Here's the first pitch to Sanguin, and it's bunted and fouled back onto the screen. Strike one to Manny Sanguin. I'm trying to lean over there and see the statistic. Russ, uh, what? Dave, oh, no, St. Louis is... Yeah, they've won 86, right. They've got a chance to tie the Pirates if the Pirates lose tonight. Another foul. Sanguian swinging away back in the seats to the right. 0-2. Oh, One out, nobody on. It is starting to rain here at Forbes Field. It's rained throughout the day here in Pittsburgh. We see umbrellas going up, a lot of, a lot of people heading for cover. This one bounced out in front of the plate. One ball and two strikes to Sanguian. Just a very light drizzle. One out, nobody on. The one-two pitch hit the inside corner. That is it for Sanguian. He's called out on strikes. Third strikeout for Jerry Robertson. Sanguian talking to the plate umpire, Augie Donatelli, about that. 
and Guy did not particularly like the call. Here is Richie Hebner, the Pirates' outstanding rookie third baseman. Hebner, left-hand batter, hit 298. He has 136 hits. 46 RBIs. A high fly ball down the left field line. Mac Jones giving chase in foul territory. He's got it. That's all for Hebner. Mac Jones getting over there across the line in a hurry, and Hebner flies out to Mac. That's all for the Pirates. They're down 1 2 3, nothing across, and at the end of two, the score remains. The Montreal Expos won, the Pittsburgh Pirates nothing. Well, I think I'm quite safe in saying that uh, players from both clubs certainly hope that the rain doesn't uh, delay this ball game and doesn't uh, postpone it in any way, this being the final game of the season. Because uh, all I think all they're concerned with really is to get in the necessary innings, and if the rain comes down after that, so what? The feeling, I'm sure, of the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Montreal Expos. However, the Expos want dearly to close out their 1969 season the way they started it with a victory. One of our most exciting moments of this very exciting year was to see the Expos win their opening game at Chase Stadium in New York. That was back on April 8th of this year. And there's been a lot of thrills uh, down the, through the months, right up to the final night here at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh as the Expos ring down the curtain on their 1969 season. Right now, they're leading one to nothing on a double by Staley and a single by Ferry in the top of the first. Top of the third. And Jerry Robertson will be the leadoff batter for the Expos. Jerry will be followed by the top of the order, Marv Staley and Jim Ferry. The Expos leading one nothing. The rain has stopped. It stopped as quickly as it started. Bob Moose, Pittsburgh right-hander, whips a strike across the letters on the inside corner, 0-1. Robbie up for the first time. The pitch, check swing, did he go? No, it was high, ball one. One ball, one strike. Moose gave up a double to Staley, who led the game off. Then Jim Perry got a base hit to drive Staley in, and since then he's retired six in a row. The wind-up in the 1-1. Robbie fouls this one into the upper deck. One ball and two strikes. Moose delivers. 1-2 is low and outside. Ball two. Two balls, two strikes. Moose leans way over to look down and get that sign. Here's the 2-2. Swing and a miss. Strike three. And Robbie goes down swinging. Four strikeouts for Bob Moose. One away here in the third. And the batter, Marv Staley. Staley doubled to the right center power alley to lead this ball game off. Right now with the Pirates, we're 1-7 and seven here in Forbes Field, 4-5 and five at Jerry Park, so for the year we stand 5-12 and 12 with Pittsburgh. The first pitch to Staley is down low, ball one. Most deals, it's swung on and fouled off to the left side. One ball and one strike. Staley might have broken his bat when he fouled that ball off. He's asked for another one. 
the bat boys put the bat into the rack, maybe it's okay. And at any rate, he preferred to get another piece of wood to take up there with him. Here's the 1-1. And it's low. Ball two. Two and one. Bob Moose has a 1-0 and record against our club. Here's a bouncer to the right side. Cash has got it. Throws to first, and Staley is out. That's eight men in a row now that Bob Moose has retired. On May 3rd, Moose beat Carl Morton 4-2. He went seven and two-thirds innings. Here's the pitch. Jim Ferry takes it high, ball one. In Bob Moose's last start, it was September 20th, and he pitched a no-hitter at Shea Stadium. <coughs> Ferry hits a ground ball to the right side. This one cashes up with. He throws to first, and the side is down again. One, two, three. Nine have been retired in a row. So Moose has got quite a little string going here. Three up, three down, nothing across. But at the end of two and a half, it's the Expos one, the Pirates nothing. Well, before this ball game got underway on our pregame show, you heard a lot of the Expo ball players. Likewise, before last night's game, tell what they're going to do in the offseason. I'll tell you what I'm going to do pretty soon as soon as this season is over. Traveling on the road with the Expos, haven't had the opportunity to enjoy the fine eating places in Montreal. And one of my favorite eating places is the stagecoach at the Cary and Jean Talon. Stagecoach is fast becoming Montreal's most popular gathering spot for sports personalities and fans alike. The Stagecoach has many things going for you, such as its excellent lounge with fine music, comfortable, friendly surroundings, and of course, if you like to talk sports, and the Stagecoach is the place to go, you'll find a lot of sports personalities uh, frequenting the Stagecoach. That's Sakari and Jean Delon. Parking is no problem at the Stagecoach. There's loads of it. Now, if you wish uh, reservations for tables, the telephone number is 731-7771. That's the Stagecoach. The bottom of the third. Pittsburgh shortstop Fred Pontek, the first man up, takes pitch low, ball one. Pontek will be followed by Bob Moose and Matty Alou. One-nothing Expos here in the third. Robbie deals, swing and a miss. One and one to Patek. Patek batting 240 in 146 games. Jerry winds it up. The one-one is lined in the center field. A base hit. Up with the ball, Jim Ferry. So Patek is on, and that is the first Pittsburgh hit of the game. The batter will be Bob Moose, the Pirates pitcher. And on deck, Matty Alou. So it's kind of a hitter, Moose is. Well, he's batting 082. He has four hits in 49 trips to the plate. Robbie delivers. Pitches high. Ball one. The Expos are looking for the sacrifice. Try to get Patek down to second base here. We'll find out what kind of a punter Bob Moose is. At the belt, Robbie deals. Moose bunts right back toward the mound. Robertson up with it. He throws the first, and Moose sacrificed the runner. Moose just did get that ball a little bit to the right of the mound. Had it been straight back, it was bunted hard enough that Robbie would have gotten 
The lead runner, Patek, at second easily and might have had a double play, but Moose pushed it just enough to the right side of the infield that by the time Robbie got to it, he had only one play to make, and that was to first base. So it scored one to four. Robertson to Staley covering. Patek is in scoring position, and here is Matty Alou, who's 0 for 1. He grounded out to Staley in the first inning. Robertson at the belt. Checks the runner, Patek. The pitch, a loose swings, a high fly ball. Left field, foul territory. Mac Jones over there. He makes the catch on the line and fires the third base. Patek holding second. So there's two away. And a big man out of there, Matty Alou. Second time now, Mac's gone over in foul territory down that left field line to get a ball that was hit rather well. It's up to the second baseman now, Dave Cash. He struck out in the first inning. Right-hand batter. Well, the playoffs start on Saturday in Atlanta. The New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves for the National League pennant. And the man that will be handling the play-by-play on most of these Expos Network stations who are carrying the playoff series. Bob Prince, the voice of the Pittsburgh Pirates, be joining us here in a few minutes. First pitch to Cash was low, ball one. Robbie is set again. The 1-0, down low, ball two. Two and nothing. Two outs. Patek at second. The Expos lead one nothing here in the third. Bob's partner will be the voice of the Houston Astros, Gene Elston. And we know you'll enjoy that series. Here's the 2-0 pitch. Cash takes a strike. 2-1. and A little bit of a right-to-left breeze here, but not much. The 2-1 to Cash. Cut on. Right back through the box. Out into center field. Patek coming around. He's going to score, and the game will be tied. Boy, that ball just did get under the glove of Jerry Robertson. Jerry just about made an outstanding play, but that ball was hit hard. Cash really ripped it up the middle. So he comes up with an RBI single to tie the game at 1-1 here in the third. Second hit off Jerry. The batter will be Roberto Clemente, who walked in the first inning. Dash the runner at first. Two down, and now a 1-1 ball game. Robbie at the belt. The pitch. Clemente fouls it upstairs. 0-1. By the way, uh, Matty Alou, who's been to bat twice here in this game so far tonight, Needs just two more times at bat to break a major league record for the most times at bat in a season. Woody Jensen set the record 696 in 153 games. That was back in 1936, and Alou can break that record with two more official at-bats in this final game of the season. The next pitch to Clemente is down low, ball one, one ball and one strike. So, uh, in many respects, this is a very historic ball game here at Old Forbes Field tonight. The 1-1 swing and a foul tip at the plate. One ball, two strikes. 
Two outs, Cash at first and Clemente at the plate. Jerry Robertson getting the sign from Ron Bryan. At the belt, he deals. Swinging a foul upstairs onto the roof, first base side. Clemente's got an eight-game hit streak going. again for the one-two pitch to Roberto Clemente. A look at the runner. Here it comes. Clemente swings, sharp ground ball left side, diving wide, misses it out into left center, base hit. The throw to third base to hold cash. Well, there's Clemente's hit. Give him a nine-game hit streak to wind up the season. Third hit of the inning, cash goes to third. And the batter will be Willie Stargell. Alex Gramis and Bill Burden. Two of the members of the committee running the Pirates are having a chat behind home plate right now. Burden going back to the dugout and Gramis to the third base box. Willie Stargell, the batter. He struck out in the first inning. There's action coming here with two outs. Robertson delivers. Stargell swings and misses. Strike one. At the belt and the pitch. Swing and a miss, strike two. Robbie quickly out in front of Willie Stargell, 0-2. Stargell's trying to do one thing up there right now, and that is hit the ball on the roof. The right field roof. He's taking vicious cuts. The 0-2, way inside, moving back. One ball, two strikes. The game tied here, 1-1, bottom of the third. Runners at first and third. Clemente at first, Cash at third. And Robbie is set. The 1-2 pitch. A high fly ball. Left center coming in, Mac Jones. He's there, and he's got it. That's all for Willie Stargell and the Pirates in the third. They come up with a run on three hits. No errors. Two were left. And the score now at the end of three at Forbes Field. The Expos won, the Pirates won. Reviewing those out-of-town scores once again, this afternoon the Cubs beat the Mets 5-3, to three. Decker the winner, Cardwell the loser, Santo and Banks homered for the Cubs. San Diego defeated San Francisco 3-2, to two. Kirby the winner over Robertson before only 1,995 fans. Cincinnati at Atlanta tonight, top of the third, no score. Philadelphia's at St. Louis. That ball game just about to get underway. We'll start in about 10 minutes' time. Grant Jackson will pitch for the Phillies and Bob Gibson for the Cardinals. Houston at Los Angeles later on. In the American League, the Cleveland-New York game was canceled by rain, so that's it for the Indians and the Yankees for this year. Oakland at Seattle will be out in the West Coast and starting later. 
This afternoon, Minnesota defeated Chicago 6-5. Gazenda the winner. Johnson the loser. Reese, Oliva, and Allison hit home runs for the Twins. California is at Kansas City. Nothing in yet on that game. Here are the totals at the end of three. The Expos, one run, two hits, no errors, and a man left. The Pirates, a run, three hits, no errors, and three left. And we go to the fourth in a 1-1 ball game. Here's Russ. And here's the first pitch to Rusty Staub. Rusty takes it for a call strike. Rusty still would like to wind up with 30 home runs, 80 runs batted in, of course, hitting 300. Coming into tonight's game, hitting 301. Next one is lined in the left field. It'll drop in there for at least one stop. Makes the turn at first. We'll hold up. The throw by Stargell is into second base. And Rusty has a hit. A single to left field. And that pretty well assures Rusty stop of finishing in the 300 bracket. Right now, Rusty is tied for 10th spot with Manny Sanguian of the Pirates. Single to left field by Rusty Staub. Here's Max. He struck out. In the first inning. First pitch by Moose is down low for ball one. One ball and no strikes. On Mac Jones. Stop the runner on first base. One all tie between the Pirates and the Expos. Mac fouls the next one off. Back against the screen. Count of one and two. One and one the count. One ball and one strike. On Mac Jones. Outfield straight away and deep on Mac. Clemente is deep in right. Alou in center and Stargell in left. Here's the 1-1. Inside for ball two. Stab on first with a single. Here's the 2-1. Swung on and missed. For strike two. Two balls and two strikes. Moose down the crouch. Gets a sign from Manny Sanguian. Here's the pitch. Line drive right to Patek. He races over and tags the bag. Throw to first, not in time. Patek elected to race the bag rather than fire to Dave Cash, the second baseman, moving over. Little Freddie figured that he would get uh, Mac Jones on the relay. He got the rusty stub on the force, but Mac was too fast for Pawtech and beat it out. Here's Kev Collins. Collins grounded out second to first. Kevin pops this one up. I believe it's out of play. Yes, it is. To the left side. Into the seat. On one on Kev Collins. Collins hitting 220. Three home runs, 13 runs batted in. Call to first, and Jones is back just in time. There's a chopper in front of the plate. It gets away from Sanguian, and Collins is safe. It goes as an error to Manny Sanguian. He bobbled the ball, a high chopper in front of home plate. Everybody's safe. Collins at first, and Jones is into second base. 
At the start of this inning, Bob Robertson. Bob Robertson took over from Al Oliver at first base. So change of scorecard. He plays Al Oliver with Bob Robertson. Ty Klein, the batter. The first pitch to Ty is inside for ball one. One and all the count. Expos at first and second. One out. Top half of the fourth inning. Ty grounded out short to first. First time up in the second inning. Moose checks his man at second base. The pitch to Ty is taken for a call strike. One ball and one strike with one out. Later on, Bob Moose. Bob Moose. Bob Prince, one of the great broadcasters. Major League Baseball broadcast the Pirates game will be on our broadcast. And our Montreal area baseball fans and along the network will get a chance to listen to Bob Prince. The next one is inside the tie climb. Count of two balls and one strike. Most delivers a 2-1. It's foul to the right side. Back against the screen. Count is two balls and two strikes. Collins on first. Jones on second. One out. Two and two the count. Ronnie Brand on deck. Here's the 2-2 two, two to Klein. It's swung on and missed for strike three. That's five strikeouts for Bob Moose. Ronnie Brand grounded out short to first in the second inning. So that pirate outfield, that pirate infield, I should say, has Bob Robertson at first base, Dave Cash at second, Rich Hebner at third, and Freddie Pawtek at short. Ronnie hits this one on the ground, a Cash at second base, throw to first, and the side's retired. For the Expos in the fourth, no runs on one hit, one error, and two men left on base. After three and a half innings of play, the score, Expos 1, Pirates 1. Let's take a look at the baseball scoreboard now in games this afternoon, in case you missed the final scores. The Chicago Cubs beat the New York Mets 5-3. Joe Decker, the winner. Don Cardwell, the loser. Santo and Bangs homered for the Cubs. The Padres beat the Giants in their wrap-up at Candlestick Park in San Francisco. 3-2, Kirby the winner. Robertson, the loser. And as Russ mentioned earlier, they had only 1,900 there at Candlestick Park for that ball game. Cincinnati scored a run in the top of the third. Bob Aspermonte tied it up with a home run in the bottom of the third. So at Atlanta, it's a 1-1 ball game with the Braves batting in the bottom of the third. Jim Maloney is pitching for the Reds. Mel Queen for Atlanta. Philadelphia be at St. Louis. Jackson against Gibson getting underway in a few minutes. Houston's at Los Angeles later on. And, of course, everybody winds it up today. In the American League, one game's been washed out. Cleveland at New York. And this afternoon, Minnesota beat Chicago 6-5. Bob Robertson will lead off for the Pirates. In the bottom half of the fourth inning. We've got a one-all tie. The Pirates tied up the ball game at one-all. In the bottom half of the third inning. With two out, a single by Cash, a single by Clemente, single by Patek, 
Another one by Cash drove in Patek with the only only run for the Pirates. The pitch of Robertson swung on and missed for strike one. Robertson against Robertson here in the bottom half of the fourth inning at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. The final game of the 1969 season. Here's the 0-1. Down low, 1-1 one one the count. And Professors Dave Van Horn and Russ Taylor. Tremendous experience, a lot of traveling too. Boy, we really logged a lot of air miles. Here's the 1-1. It swung on and missed for strike two. One and two. Robertson, Jerry Robertson, has struck out three batters in this game so far. It's low and inside. Count of two and two. Bob Robertson's got a lot of power. And the Expos outfield, in full respect of that power, is out deep. The tie and outside, count of three and two. Staub in right, Barry in center, and Mac Jones in left field. Full count on Bob Robertson. First man up for the Pirates in the bottom of the fourth. Robertson, Sanguian, and Hebner. Strike call. And Robertson's out of there. Fourth strikeout for Jerry Robertson. Here's Manny Sanguin. Manny's 0 for 2. And he's uh, tied with Rusty Stout for 10th spot among the National League hitters. Manny hitting 301. This is hit on the ground of first baseman Ty Klein. Ty will make the put out himself. Tags the bag. Let's take 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Expos Baseball Radio Network. So Manny Sangin is 0 for 2. Rusty Stop is 1 for 2. So Rusty has the upper hand at the moment. As far as that 10th spot is concerned. Hebner lines at a decline. Ty races to the back. It's going to be close. Hebner beat it out. Ty Klein feeling that ball. A line drive that bounced just in front of him. His momentum carried him over the line. Over the foul line. And by the time he got to the bag at first base, Richie Hebner split in. And Hebner gets the base hit. Here's Fred Pontiac. He bounces this one to Collins at third. Play to first. And the side is retired. Pontiac bounces out third to first. For the Pirates in the fourth. No runs on one hit. No Expo errors and one man left on. The score after four innings is still Expos 1, Pirates 1. In the American League tonight, California is playing at Kansas City. They're scoreless at the end of two innings there. That is Geshert against Bunker. The batteries 
on the Philadelphia game. The warm-ups are in now at uh, St. Louis. They'll be getting underway. That's Grant Jackson, the Philadelphia left-hander, against Bob Gibson. Gibson tonight will be shooting for his 20th victory, and he'll need it tonight. Of course, this is the last game, so he's got a shot at winning 20 again. One game washed out, the Cleveland-New York game, canceled because of rain, so elsewhere in the American League, we have Oakland and Seattle in one West Coast game, and that's it because the Twins and the White Sox played this afternoon with Minnesota winning 6-5. Joe Grisenda, the winner. Bob Johnson, the loser. Oliva and Allison homered for the Twins. Tony Oliva's 24th and Bobby Allison's 8th. Rich Reese also hit his 16th of the year. Bobby Wine, Jerry Robertson, and Marv Staley in the top half of the fifth inning. Most delivers his first pitch to Wine. Bobby swings and misses for strike one. Wine struck out in the second inning. Most has logged five strikeouts so far. Most kicks delivers his next one. Swung on a miss for strike two. Most has given up three hits, a single to Staub, a single to Ferry, and a double to Staley. Staley and Ferry combined for the Expos' run. On the ground, O'Hebner at third, easy throw for Rich, and Bobby Wine is retired. Here's Jerry Robertson. Jerry struck out in the third inning. We'd like to remind... All those along the Expo Baseball Network, all Expo Baseball fans, that the Montreal Expo's box office is now accepting orders for season tickets for next year. Robertson swings and misses, strike one. And of course, the, the good news is there will not be any change in the prices. Prices will remain the same. Pop foul, out of play. Into the seats to the right side behind the Pirate Dugout. Still at 0 and $350 for a box seat, $250 for a reserve seat. The 0-2, changeup, swung on a miss for strike three. Six strikeouts for Moose. We go to the top of the order in Marv Staley. Staley started off with the Expos in the first inning with a double into right center field. This is the home of Expo Baseball in the Capital District. WHRL in Albany, New York. Tell that one to nothing lead until the pirate half of the third inning. The first pitch to Staley is foul tip for strike one. All of us up in the broadcast booth and in press row, extremely pleased tonight to receive autographed baseballs from the Expo ballplayers. It's low for ball one. What a souvenir that will be for us to keep for years to come. Signatures of all the Expos, and this is the final day of the 1969 season. The 1-1 is pop foul out of play to the left. Counts one and two on Marv Staley. (laughs) 
Count of one and two on Staley. With two out, here's the next pitch. Foul to the right side against the front of the field boxes. Young fellow reaches over and gets himself a souvenir. And that could be a souvenir that he'll treasure for years to come because this could very well be the final game ever in Forbes Field, Pittsburgh. Count still one and two on Staley. Here's the next one from Moose. It's tapped a high bouncer down to second base. Cash makes the throw to first. Staley is retired, and so are the Expos. Three up, three down. No runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left on. After four and a half innings, it's still Expos won, the Pirates won. We were talking about various leaders in different departments for the Expos, so we might as well run... Uh, down that list for you right now. Of course, the leading average belongs to Rusty Staub, who came into the game batting 301. In games played, Staub and Lavoy have both played in 157 of the 162 games. At bats, Coco Lavoy, who's been at bat officially 562 times coming into this game. And of course, Coco not playing tonight. The closest uh, to him in the number of official at bats is Rusty Staub, who has 545. In runs scored, it's Rusty Staub with 89. In hits, Rusty Staub with 165. Others over the 100 mark, Coco had 145, Gary Sutherland 130, Mac Jones 122. In doubles, Coco LeBoy 29. Triples, Bob Bailey with 6. And of course, home runs, Rusty Staub with 29. And RBIs, Coco LeBoy with 83. Here at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh, this ball game moves into the bottom of the fifth, and the Pirates coming to bat here. The ball game tied up one to one. Here's Russ. Bob Moose will face uh, Jerry Robertson, Moose leading off the Pirates in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Then we'll go to the top of the order with Matty Alou and Dave Cash. Jerry Robertson has given up four hits. Expos have had three off Bob Moose. First one's down low to Moose for ball one. Moose played a part in the pirate run in the third inning. Patek got on with a single and Moose laid out a perfect sacrifice bunt, moved him into scoring position at second base. Ball two to Bob Moose. And then Patek came in to score on a single by Dave Cash. With two out. Here's the 2-0. Taken for a call strike. Outfield moves in on Moose. In center, and Jones in left. This is fouled out of play to the upper deck at Forbes Field. Two balls and two strikes. Here's the 2-2. Fouled again against the screen. Rolls right up the netting. And takes the long roll back onto the field. Count of two balls and two strikes. Most not a hitting pitcher. He's four for 49. That's right. Foul tipped behind home plate. Count stays at two and two. Augie Donatelli is calling the balls and strikes. Mel Steiner's at first, Bob Engel at second, and Dick Stello at third base. 
No wind whatsoever at Forbes Field tonight. A great deal of rain this afternoon in Pittsburgh. And a slight rainfall here tonight. This one is bounced in front of the plate. Brandt is in for it. Can he make a play? Yes, in time. And that was a close one. Mr. Hustle of the Expos, Ronnie Brand, charged out after that high chopper. Feel of the ball and fired it over to Ty Klein just in time to get Bob Moose. Here's Matty Alou. Matty grounded out second to first in the first inning and fought out to left field in the third. Fouled out, actually, to Mac Jones in deep left field just across the foul line. Here's the first pitch to Matty. Attempts a bunt holds up. Low outside pitch for ball one. This is a pitcher's paradise, Forbes Field. Boy, the distances. They measure them in light years. Matty pops this one in the end. A short left field. Moving over close to the foul line is Jones. He's got it. And a lose out. We're not going to let this season end now without hearing from yourself and from Ted Blackman about the little contest that the two of you had going for this season. And I'm going to let you tell the fans about it. Is that the weight contest? That's right. That's right, Russ. I've been keeping track, and I want to announce the results tonight. Neither has made it under 200 pounds <laughs> by the 167 game. So the bottle of Napoleon brandy is held over till next year. <laughs> oh, boy. I forgot all about that one. <laughs> the pitch Dave Cash is into the dirt. <laughs> yes, at the start of the season, Ted Blackman, Bob in short right field, Barry in center, and Jones in left. This is fouled out of play to the upper deck at Forbes Field. Two balls and two strikes. the 2-2. Foul again against the screen. Rolls right up the netting and takes the long roll back onto the field. Count of two balls and two strikes. Most not a hitting pitcher. He's four for 49. That's right. Foul tipped behind home plate. Count stays at 2-2. Two and two. Augie Donatelli is calling the balls and strikes. Mel Steiner's at first, Bob Engel at second, and Dick Stello at third base. No wind whatsoever at Forbes Field tonight. A great deal of rain this afternoon in Pittsburgh. And a slight rainfall here tonight. This one is bounced in front of the plate. Brandt is in for it. Can he make a play? Yes, in time. And that was a close one. Mr. Hustle of the Expos, Ronnie Brand, charged out after that high chopper, sealed the ball and fired it over to Ty Klein just in time to get Bob Moose. Here's Matty Alou. Matty grounded out second to first in the first inning and fought out to left field in the third. Fouled out, actually, to Mac Jones in deep left field just across the foul line. 
Here's the first pitch to Matty. Attempts a bunt holds up. Low outside pitch for ball one. This is a pitcher's paradise, Forbes Field. Boy, the distances. They measure them in light years. Matty popped this one in the eight. A short left field. Moving over close to the foul line is Jones. He's got it. And a loser. We're not going to let this season end now without hearing from yourself and from Ted Blackman about the little contest that the two of you had going for this season. And I'm going to let you tell the fans about it. Is that the weight contest? That's right. That's right, Russ. I've been keeping track, and I want to announce the results tonight. Neither of us made it under 200 pounds <laughs> by the 167 game. So the bottle of Napoleon brandy is held over till next year. <laughs> oh, boy, I forgot all about that one. <laughs> the pitch Dave Cash is into the dirt. <laughs> yes, at the start of the season, Ted Blackman and yours truly had a little wager going. First one down to 200 pounds collects the Napoleon Brandy. Hard hit ball, deep center field. Perry has to go back for it. Can he get to it? Yes, one out of cash. Nice running catch by Jim Perry in deep center field. And it's three up, three down for the Pirates. No runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left on. The score after five innings is still the Expos won, the Pirates won. Jacques Doucette of La Presse, baseball writers, covered the Expos all season long. Jacques, I know this is putting you on the spot because there are many highlights in a 162-game schedule, but to you, to answer quickly, what would have to be the highlight of the year? I think there were two, uh, Dave. First, the uh, no-hitter by Phil Stoneman in Philadelphia, and again, in the same ballpark when Gary Wazlewski faced only 27 men throwing a near-perfect game, facing only tw 27 men, I think those two games has to be the highlight in my book. There were two uh, terrific games. There's something special about opening day, uh, both at on the road when we opened at Shea Stadium and, of course, at Jerry Park. They were two great days that we'll never forget. But as far as team performance and individual performance, I think I'd have to agree with you. You're right. It's a shame we did so well in Connie Mack Stadium. They're going to tear it down. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, well, we can also go back to uh, uh, here in uh, Forest Field. We didn't do that good. They're going to tear it down, too. So maybe it will com compensate. For the Expos in the top half of the sixth inning, we'll be looking at Jim Ferry, Rusty Staub, and Mac Jones. So, Ted Blackman, I guess, it was an exciting year for you. And it was for you, too, uh, Russ. I think you and Dave Van Horn did a terrific job this year. I know I've heard many comments from the people back in Montreal, so you brought the ball games right into their homes. All the excitement. It's down low for ball one. Thanks very much, Ted. And, of course, uh, this sounds like the Mutual Admiration Society in full bloom. But, uh, of course, Montrealers everywhere read your column with a great deal of pleasure. There's a line single to left field for Jim Ferry, his second hit of the night. It's also been a pleasure traveling on the road with you and Dave. I know uh, your table manners have improved immensely this season. <laughs> <laughs> and along about June 15th, Dave stopped bringing his teddy bear on road trips. You want to play that game. <laughs> okay, Mr. Blackwood. Here's Rusty Staub with Jim Ferry on first base. We'll have to come up with some Ted Blackman stories. How about the bus? <laughs> the bus in Houston. 
<laughs> Larry the runner on first. <laughs> One for two, Mr. Stop. Down low. One ball and no strike. Rusty, assured of hitting over 300, finishing over 300, would like to get number 30, though. Swings and misses for strike one. One and one the count and stop. Rusty with 29 home runs, 79 runs batted in, and hitting 302. Here's the one one to Rusty. It's uh, fouled to the left side of home plate. Rolls over toward the field boxes. Count of one ball and two strikes. If you hear the booing in the background, it's for an attendant here at Forbes Field. Reached over and picked the ball up before a youngster could get his hands on it. Here's the one two. Line drive single to right field by Rusty Staub. His second hit of the night. Ferry makes the turn at second. He's going to third. Here's the throw. Slides and he's safe. The ball dropped by Hebner. Staub goes on to second. That is scored as a single by Rusty Staub to right field. Ferry gets third on the throw. No error. The throw from Clemente to Richie Hebner was right on the money. But it took some sort of a hop see, to hit Hebner in the chest. Here's Mack, exposed on second and third. A great opportunity to score the go-ahead run. Mack swings and misses for strike one. So Ferry's at third, went all the way to third on the single by Rusty Staub, and on the throw to third, Staub took second. Time is called as Ferry is sitting down on third base, emptying some of the dirt from his shoe, lacing it up. I guess when Jim went in in a cloud of dirt, dust, at third base, his shoe took a healthy serving of that uh, dirt around third base. Now he's all set. All one the count on Mac Jones. Moves delivers. Mac checks the swing. It's low for ball one. Count of one and one. Jones hitting an even 270. Starting out tonight, but Mac is over two. Struck out in the first and bounced into a fielder's choice in the fourth. Here's the one one. It's foul behind home plate. Count of one and two. Well, if Mack can come through with a base hit here, Mr. Perry will come in to score. Excellent chance on Rusty coming in from second. The one-two outside, two and two the count. So everyone extremely happy for La Grande Orange, finishing with a 300 season, over 300. And that betters his mark of last year, hit 291. The next one of Mac is high for ball three. Full count to John. With nobody out, runners on second and third. A one-all tie between the Pirates and the Expos. Final game of the 1969 season. Here's the 3-2. Outside, Jones is on with a walk. The bases are loaded. 
Boy, Mac was really bearing down, too, uh, Russ. Mac wanted to get a hit then probably more than any time I've seen him at the plate in the last uh, couple of games because you could tell the way he was digging in and staying over that plate. He really wanted a hit, and he was not swinging at the bad pitches that he's been striking out on some lately. Uh, Mac was not over-anxious. He was trying to wait for his pitch because Moose made a couple of pitches, the last two uh, in particular to Mac, that are pitches Mac will normally go after. That fastball up around the eyes, a lot of times he'll be going after that, and uh, Mac let it go. Really wanted to get that hit and drive in some runs here. And, of course, we've mentioned that uh, Mac and Rusty are right behind uh, Coco in that RBI lead, and here they are on the last day. Of course, they both like to get uh, everything they can. Kev Collins comes up with the bases loaded. There was a brief delay as Alex Gramis ran out to talk to pitcher Bob Moose. Here's the first pitch to Collins. It's popped into the air. Behind home plate, I believe it's out of play. Out of our view, anyway. Yes, it bounces into the seat. Boy, Collins skied that one a mile high and went completely out of view. And the count's 0 and 1. Bases loaded, nobody out in the top half of the sixth inning. The pitch swung on and ball tipped into the catcher's mitt. And Moose is out in front of Collins, 0-2. Kevin's 0-2. He grounded out in the first inning with safe on an error in the fourth. Outside, he checked the swing on it, 1-2. and two. A ball and two strikes on Kev Collins. Outfield straight away on Kevin. Kevin's got good power. He can hit the left field, a good opposite field hitter. And, of course, he can also pull the ball. Here's the 1-2. Outside for ball two. Manny Sanguian calls time, runs out to the mound to talk to Bob Moose. Dave, what was the big thrill for you in 1969? There were many, Russ, uh, really. I would go along with uh, Jacques Doucette. He and I were talking a while ago. I think Bill Stolman's no-hitter. I think the fine ball game that Gary Wozlewski pitched there, the one-hitter. Uh, opening day, though, at Shea Stadium and opening day at Jerry Park uh, would have to take precedence even over those two outstanding individual performances. To me, uh, they were the two big thrills of the season, uh, the Shea Stadium game and the Jerry Park game. Here's the 2-2. It's popped into the air to the left side. Hapner moving over to the stands. Can he get to it? Yes, he does. He holds it. Reaching into the box seat, Richie Hapner pulled down that long foul pop from Kev Collins. One away. I'll tell you, Dave, the big thrill for me was April 8th at Shea Stadium in New York, just after Maureen Forrester sang Canada's National Anthem, and just before we did the play-by-play, you turned to me and I turned to you, and we shook hands and wished one another the best for this year, and we realized that we were in the big league. That was the big moment for me. Down low for ball one. The first big moment. And then, of course, many others after that. Sure were. And the one that perhaps is uh, freshest in my mind was closing day at Jerry Park on Sunday to see the fans come out and have the time that they had. Foul to the right side. On the ground. Count of one ball and one strike. And yes, uh, for the fans of Montreal, no question about it, opening day and closing day, two of the truly great days at Jerry Park. Those closing ceremonies are really something to give you an idea in just a moment right after this next pitch. Line drive, left field, base hit. Here comes uh, Jim Perry in the score. Dobbins making the turn. will fly for home. And he's out a mile. 
Rusty was up by a mile as he made the turn at third. A fine throw from the outfield of Manny Sanguian on one hop. Got Rusty Star, but the Expos have taken a two-to-one lead on that run-scoring single by Ty Klein. Mac Jones held up at second base. Fine throw by Willie Stargell gets uh, Rusty Stubb trying to score from second base. 7-2 to two on your scorecard. But Ferry's in the score. Expos lead this game 2-1. to one. Here's the pitch to Ronnie Branny. Pops it into the air. Foul out of play. on Ron Brand. So Ty Klein gets his hit and knocks in the go-ahead run. It's high to Brand for ball one. Dave, I wanted to say, with a crowd of over 23,000, you'd think when the final out was made on Sunday that it'd be impossible to get out of the ballpark. A friend of mine said he got into his car, drove out with ease since the fans stayed for the ceremonies. You don't see that very often at a sporting event. It's fouled up to the upper deck. Counts one and two. One ball and two strikes. I know it was a big moment for Gene Mark, Expo's firebrand manager, a hard-nosed individual at times, was a little bit of a, a softy in his speech. Gene almost choked up. The one-two. Brand loses his bat and fouls it to the left side. The bat stayed in foul in fair territory. The ball in foul territory. One ball and two strikes on Ron Brand with two out. Top of the six. Expos lead this game two to one. Bob Veal, the left-hander, has been warming up for quite a while in the Pirate bullpen. Jones on second, Klein on first. The pitch to Brand is top foul at a play. Count stays at one and two on Ronnie Brand. Brand hitting 258. Here's the one two. Line drive right to Fartek. Fine big off by the shortstop. Flips the second base to the four. Fartek moving quickly to his left. Rob Ronnie Brand of a base hit with a fine play. And that's it for the Expos. Picked up one run on, three hits. No errors. Two men were left on. After five and a half innings, the score, Expos two, Pirates one. You know, there's another game that is just checking through the book here that stands out in Gene Mark's mind as one of the big games of the year. And we are talking to Gene about this Sunday, and he was truly moved by uh, the fans' reaction on Sunday, our final game of the year at Jerry Park. But just prior to the start of that game, Gene said, along with opening day, both at Chase Stadium and at Jerry Park, he said, there's one day that really stands out in my mind. And he said, maybe it was... Uh, a big day more to me than to anybody else. Said, although it meant a great deal of relief to a lot of other people, he said it was a big thrill for me, and he said that was to break that 20-game losing streak 
when Jerry Robertson beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 4-3 to on the 8th of June. And uh, that, Gene says, will stand out in his mind in a long time as, as one of the big games of, of the year. Well, the official paid attendance is in 2,700. That's it. An even figure here. 2,700 at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. The Expos lead 2-1 to one as we go to the bottom of the sixth. Russ? Roberto Clemente is one for one. He walked in the first and singled in the third. Dave has just uh, mentioned that Gene Mock's uh, one of his big thrills this year, the biggest moment for him personally, was when the Expos broke out of their 20-game losing streak June 8th in Los Angeles. First pitch to Roberto was taken for a call strike. Dave, I remember going down to the clubhouse to talk to Gene Mock, and I asked him, I said, Gene, how do you feel now that you've broken the streak? And he says, I feel like a man who has broken a very bad habit. Line drive, right field, base hit. Hits number two for Clavetti. He lines that one past second base into right field. So the Pirates are out of the game here in the sixth inning. Clavetti to run around first. Sarge will batter. Willie's 0 for 2, struck out in the first, slide out to left field in the third. Stargell would love so dearly to hit the 30 home run mark. And he has 29. Same number as Rusty Stubb. Robertson's first pitch, and there's a high fly ball. Deep right field. Can stop, get to it. He's on the warning track. He's got it. Rusty Staub went almost 375 feet away to pull that long one hit by Willie Stargell. Had Stargell pulled it, no question about it, it would have been out of here. Had that ball been hit at Jerry Park, it would have been home run number 30. But this is Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. 375 to right field. 365 to left field. 457 feet to center field. This is a tough ballpark in which to hit home runs Willie Stargell has hit more on the road than he has at home. Long fly ball. Big out. Jerry, uh, Bob Robertson takes the pitch from Jerry Robertson down low for ball one. One out. Robertson was called out on strikes in the fourth. Al Oliver started at first base uh, for the Pirates. Oliver grounded out in the second inning. Robertson came into the ball game in the fourth. The next one is taken on the outside corner for a call strike. One ball and one strike. Let's take 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Expo Baseball Radio Network. This is the home of Expo Baseball in the Capital District. WHRL in Albany, New York. Count of one ball and one strike on Bob Robertson. Jerry Robertson took his foot from the rubber. To checking uh, Clemente at first base. He pitched line drive left field. We'll drop in there as a base hit. Clemente will hold up at second base. We've got Pirates on first and second with one out in the bottom half of the sixth inning. Bob Robertson lines one into left field. No activity as yet in the Expos bullpen. Here's Manny Sanguin. Manny is 0 for 2. He struck out in the second and grounded out to Ty Klein in the fourth. Manny hitting 301. He was tied with stop. Coming into tonight's ball game, 10th spot in the batting race. 
Outfield is deep on Sanji and shifted over slightly to the left. Manny takes the first one high and outside for ball one. Out of town, it's three to one for Atlanta over Cincinnati in the bottom half of the fifth inning. The next pitch is taken for a call strike. Count of one and one on Sanguin. St. Louis leads Philadelphia one to nothing, bottom half of the third. This ball game means a lot to the Pirates. Now, they've pitched at least a tie for third. If the Pirates lose, the Cards win. Then there's a two-way tie for third spot, and they'll have to share third-place money. There's no money for fourth-place finishers. It's low. Two and one the count on Manny Sanguin. So you better believe the Pirates want to win this one. They want to win every game, of course, but this one is an important one. It means a little over $400 each for each player if the team finishes all alone in third place. Clemente, long lead off second. Here's the 2-1. It's high. Count of 3-1. and one. Now we've got activity in the Expos bullpen. Gary Wasluski and Claude Raymond, a pair of right-handers, warming up. Robertson looks down to Brand, shakes off a side, now gets the one he wants, and delivers the 3-1. Sanguian pops it up into the air, foul, and out of play. Brand chased it all the way over to the pirate dugout. It's gone no further. The ball dropped in about five rows up. Full count on Manny Sanguian. The attendance here, 2,700 even. This is the final game of the season. The count is three and two on Sanguin. And here's the pitch. Foul again out of play. Way upstairs. Three and two the count. On Sanguin. Two to one expose over the Pirates in the bottom half of the sixth inning. Here's the 3-2 again. Sanguin hits a foul along the left side on the ground. Still have a count of 3-2. and two. Dave, I think one of the funniest incidents this year was the fiddler on the roof at Jerry Park. I remember one cold day in May, in April, one fan got up and stripped down to the waist. And I'm sure they must have carted him off uh, to the hospital later, how he could possibly stand it. Bare-chested there at Jerry Park, and it was quite cold. Throw to first, and Bob Robertson's back. Clemente held at second base. One out, runners on first and second. Then, of course, the night of the, the goose. Fan with a live goose. Or was it a duck? Line drive, center field base hit. Clemente comes around to score. The ball game is all tied up at two all. in a score. Robertson goes down to second. Sanguin's on first. One out. Two on. And the batter will be Rich Hefner. 
a hit, had an infield hit in the fourth inning to extend his hitting streak to 10 games. Left-hand batter, Rich Hefner. Outfield has shifted over to the right. On Hefner, first pitch, swung on and missed, strike one. That hit by Sanguian, the seventh for the Pirates. Expos have had six off Bob Moose. Robertson takes a long lead off the bag at second. Now turns around and peeks at Bobby Wine. See just where Bobby is. Bobby faking over a bit. Long outside to Hefner. One and one the count. It's high for ball two. Dave, you asked all the players what they're going to do in the offseason. What are your plans? No, you're going to stay in Montreal. That's right. I get a little sleep. For you and I, Russ, it's really about the same. A uh, little time off here and then right back to work for the Expos in the offseason. Here's the 2-1. Swung on and missed for strike two. I'll tell you something for me. It's going to be a great pleasure for me personally to get out to the Autostat on Sunday and see the Alouettes against the Calgary Stampeders. Haven't had a chance to see the Owls this year with uh, working on the baseball broadcast. So we'll be out there Sunday at the Autostat to cheer for Coach K. Dalton and the Big Red team. Boy, they've been playing some exciting football lately. Here's the 2-2. Line drive, right field, base hit. Here comes Robertson around to score. The Pirates lead this ball game three to two. That's the fourth hit off Jerry Robertson here in the sixth inning. A line drive single to right field. Bob Robertson came on to score. Sanguian moved around a third. And Richie Hebner has the second hit of the night. Runners on first and third, and here's Gene Mock. I believe that will be all for Jerry Robertson. Jerry Robertson. Robertson has pitched five and one-third innings. He has given up three runs on a total of eight hits. He walked only one batter. And he struck out a total of four. So we'll be looking at Claude Raymond, the pride and joy of Saint-Jean-Quebec. Russ, we just found out why Al Oliver was removed from the ball game. And, uh, of course, you go through the season and you get them all, and this was uh, another strange when Al Oliver was taken out of the ball game. He fortunately is all right but he was rushed to the hospital with food poisoning. And uh, so that's why Al Oliver was taken out of the ball game in that uh, third inning. But uh, the report, we just received this word. We didn't know why. We knew earlier they had called for a doctor to the Pirates Clubhouse, but we didn't know the reason for that. So they made the announcement just now. At any rate, Al Oliver was taken to the hospital and was treated 
for food poisoning, they say his condition now is good. Paul Raymond coming on the pitch for the Expos in the sixth inning. Raymond is making his 48th appearance this year, his 15th with the Expos. Paul has pitched a total of 69 and two-thirds innings. Has won a loss record of three and four with the Expos one and two, and uh, with the Atlanta Braves two and two. Both ERA 4.90. Chalked up 25 strikeouts in the 69 and two-thirds innings he's worked, and he's logged a couple of saves. Two with the Braves and one with the Expos. Here's Freddie Pontek, first bound of face Raymond. First pitch is outside and low for ball one. Pontek had a single in the third inning, moved to second on a sacrifice and scored the Pirates' first run on a single by Dave Cash in the third inning. Throw to first. No movement at all from Hefner. He was close to the bag. Sanguini's a runner on third. The 1-0 is swung on and missed for strike one. One and one. And this fellow, Claude Raymond, will be very busy in the offseason. With baseball fans around La Belle Province de Quebec. Very popular figure in his native province. One and one on Pawtuck. Bowed in his 10th year of Major League Baseball. Throw to first again. And Hebner was close to the bag at first. Here's the one one. Long away for ball two. Outfield not too deep on Pawtuck. Not playing him for power, although Freddie. Has hit five home runs this year. I believe he hit three of them here in Forbes Field. And that's uh, quite an achievement for such a little fellow. Because it's a long way to left field. 365 down the line, 406 to the power alley. All right, they've got the Sanguian in the rundown. Brand to Collins. They got him. A fine play on the pitch shot. A beautiful call by Ronnie Brand on the pitch shot. And they trapped Sanguian in the rundown. Two to five. And boy, that's a big out. The pitch out, of course, uh, called by manager Gene Mock. But Ronnie Brand and Paul Raymond executed that uh, pitch out to perfection. Bontag has a count of two and two. Two out. Hebner went down a second on the play. The 2-2, swung on and missed for strike three. Paul Raymond does the job here in the sixth inning. The Pirates picked up two runs on four hits, no expo errors, and one man was left on base. The score after six innings is Pittsburgh three, expose two. We'll get up to date now on the baseball scoreboard. First of all, in the American League, Kansas City and California scoreless at the end of five. And in the 
Only other game for tonight on the East Coast, Cleveland and New York, they were rained out. There is one West Coast game starting later on, Oakland and Seattle. This afternoon, Minnesota beat Chicago 6-5. to five. Over in the National League now, Atlanta scored three times in that third inning, and they're holding up a 3-1 lead after five and a half. The Braves batting in the bottom of the sixth down at Atlanta. They'll, of course, be opening up with the playoff series Saturday against the Mets at Atlanta Stadium. St. Louis won Philadelphia nothing after three and a half innings at St. Louis. That brings us up to date on the scoreboard with the exception of this afternoon's scores. Padres beat the Giants 3-2 as they wound it up. Kirby the winner, Robertson the loser, and... Uh, it was Chicago over New York, 5-3. Decker the winner, Caldwell the loser, Sato and Banks homered. Here are the totals after six innings. Pirates three runs and eight hits in one error. The Expos two runs on six hits and no errors. And for the play-by-play of the seventh inning, very happy to turn the microphone over to one of the best voices in baseball, Bob Prince the Pirates. Russ, thank you very much, and uh, we're delighted to be here and to have you all aboard, too, because uh, not because we're winning at this time by a score of 3-2, to two, but basically because uh, you folks in Canada have been so kind to uh, everybody involved with the Pittsburgh Baseball Club and I'm sure everybody else. We have a little bit of a switch going on right here, and uh, count is no balls and two strikes. Bobby Wine... Standing in, Moose uh, sends him a little bit of a slider. Bobby Moose has been working a knuckleball. He's only 21 years of age, and he's been trying to work that knuckler, which he used to show the batters earlier this year, and now he's throwing it for strikes. No balls, two strikes. Another foul off to the left. No balls, two strikes. Bobby Wine struck out, bounced out to third. Pirates in front by the score of 3-2. This is a big game for them, of course. They want to try to finish in third. A swing and a miss off that slider. And Bobby Wine is down. Bobby Moose has picked up his seventh strikeout. One of the things about Bob Moose, uh, he has come out of the bullpen 16 times and has not surrendered a run or a home run of any kind and of course therefore not a run and he's picked up about 11 saves in addition to that since he came on to become a starting pitcher he has worked his record up to 13 and 3 21 years of age pitches inside ball one Bob Bailey up there uh, batting right now batting in place of uh, Jerry Roberts Rather, uh, Claude Raymond. Then for a strike, and the count is one and one. One ball and one strike to Beatsy Baby, as he's known here in the Pittsburgh area. Ball one, strike one. Here's the pitch, and a swing and a foul of the plate off to the right side, and the count holds at one and two. Well, Van, I'll say one thing. We've taken a look at the box scores, and, of course, beyond that, the attendance figures. Montreal has really been fantastic. You've oh, gone a few clubs, haven't you? It's been beautiful. Here's the pitch, and a swing and a miss. He struck him out on the sinker, and that is strikeout number eight. Bob, what do you, what yeah. do you feel the new stadium's going to do for your attendance? I would have to hope, Van, that it's going to raise the attendance by, say, 35, 40 percent. It's going to be 50, 55,000 seat stadium without a pillar in it. 
There's only one problem, and I must be most honest. Once it's built, and they assume that it will be completed by about April or May, there'll be no way to get to it except by a river. The roads will not be constructed. And I can't lie to you. Uh, just no way it's going to be constructed for one reason. Uh, they have a strike going on in our country here uh, on heavy construction, and nobody's going to be able to build any roads. Now, if you have a helicopter drop going that you can think of it to be great, I'm sure we'll try it. Two balls and no strikes. The batter is Marv Staley. He's uh, in with a double and a sc run scored in three at-bats, and in comes a strike, and the count is two and one. Pirates lead your Montreal Expos by the score of 3-2. We are in the seventh, and to Pittsburgh, a most important ball game. In there for a strike on a slider, and the count is two and two. Bob, I was going to ask, what does this game mean to each player individually as far as money goes? I'd say four or $500 a piece if they can win this one. It makes no difference about what the Cardinals do. As of now, they're leading one to nothing. Uh, it'll be uh, four or $500 a man, but I think more important is the fact that they will have proved to themselves that they're just about ready to make a big move. And uh, they haven't been that far out of the race, and it's... In fact, they've done a lot to keep the race close. The ball inside to Marv, and he's on on walk number two from Bobby Moose. And that'll bring up Jim Ferry, who is two for three, drove in a run, and then singled and scored a run. Bob, is it true? Yes. Is it true that you once pulled off a tremendous dive out of a hotel room window into a pool? Now well, tell us. Well, I don't know how tremendous it was. With Russ, I did dive out of the third floor of the Chase Hotel, which they measured to be 90 feet up, 12 feet out, and in between the three-meter board and the side of the pool, which is four feet in distance. Uh, did you hit the pool? I hit the pool. That's why I'm still here talking to you. I don't know how marvelous it was, but I'll have to say it was one of the most rock-headed things I ever did. <laughs> I'll never do it again, I'll tell you that. In for a strike. Bet a guy 20 bucks I could do it, and the guy never even paid me. <laughs> no balls, one strike. To Jim Perry, former Dodger. Pirates in front, 3-2, seventh inning. And the pitchers are sinking delivery low for the ball, one and one. I understand, Van uh, Russ, that you're going to be carrying the uh, playoff games. And I'm going to be delighted, of course, to be one of the broadcasters starting up next Saturday out of Atlanta. And I just uh, will be delighted to do whatever I can uh, up there. There's a shopper down toward uh, Cash. He's up, pops it on the pot deck. The force play on Stolly occurs, and the sides retire. No runs, no hits, no errors, and a man left. We go to the bottom of the seventh inning. The Pittsburgh Pirates three, Montreal two. Take a quick look at the scoreboard here in that Atlanta-Cincinnati ball game. 3-1. The Braves have the Reds. They've finished six now down in Atlanta. California and Kansas City have gone five and a half. They're scoreless at Kansas City. And St. Louis is leading Philadelphia 1-0 at the end of four now. And, of course, here in our ball game, it's a 3-2 Pirate lead in the seventh midway. We'd like to mention the fact that not only uh, in Montreal, but also on many of the other Expos network stations. The playoff games will be carried beginning this Saturday. The Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets at Atlanta Stadium. And, uh, of course, it'll be Bob Prince and Gene Elson be working with Bob on that series of ball games. Uh, first couple of games in Atlanta, then they'll be moving into Shea Stadium for whatever uh, games are needed there. 
So that's this Saturday on most of these Expos baseball radio network stations. This is Dave Van Horn along with Russ Taylor and our special guest, Bob Prince, the voice of the Pirates. Midway in the seventh, the Pirates leave 3-2. Bob, uh, you just touched on the playoffs getting underway this weekend down in Atlanta. I'll put you right on the spot. Uh, how do you see it? Uh, Atlanta with all that power or the Mets with that great young pitching? Van, I'll tell you this. Uh, very frankly, I, as I recall reading, out of the 12 meetings between Atlanta and uh, the New York Mets, uh, New York won 8 of the 12. Right. But they have not met due to division play since the 10th of August. And since the 10th of August, uh, I might add, the doggone Atlanta Braves have been some kind of fearful. Again, down in at Atlanta, I'll put you right on the spot. Uh, how do you see it? Uh, Atlanta with all that power or the Mets with that great young pitching? Man, I'll tell you this. Uh, very frankly, I, as I recall reading, out of the 12 meetings between Atlanta and uh, the New York Mets, uh, New York won 8 of the 12, right. but they have not met due to division play since the 10th of August. And since the 10th of August, uh, I might add, the doggone Atlanta Braves have been some kind of fearful. Uh, I would have to say, pitching, of course, is the name of the game, but breaks could occur uh, in a, a very short series. Uh, I, there's no way you can say the Mets, man for man, are as good as the Atlanta Braves. That is, third, first, second, right. third. You just can't say that. And when you talk about Seaver and Kuzman, you're talking about two great pitchers, but at the same time, they're going to throw Negro and Reed and company. Uh, it would seem that the uh, Atlanta Braves uh, should have the edge, and it's quite possible that you will see a World Series between Atlanta and, of course, Minnesota, foul ball off to the right by Bobby Moose, and the count now is one and one. Man, I think you could see a World Series between Atlanta and the uh, Minnesota Twins, both of whom would have won less games than the two teams that, after 162 games, made it. Just the thing that uh, some of the critics of the divisional play were talking about, but how have you felt about it, Bob? We've been real enthused about it. Well, I have, too. I think it's great, and uh, I'm not trying to be a shill for you people up there in Montreal. I just think it's fantastic. You're outdrawing us, and we'll outdraw us by... We're going to be about 700 and some odd thousand for the year. One and two, foul ball back by Bobby Moose. Pirates leading three to two here in the seventh. I just think it's great at Parc Cherie and the folks in Montreal that they have drawn the way they have drawn. There's no question in my mind this is a great baseball city and it's a great franchise and all you got to do is just sit tight and hold on a little bit and the next thing you know, see you later. Now there's a kid that hit a fly ball to left field and Mac Jones gave it a Rico Cardi, one hand. The ball <laughs> seemed to take off on Mac and he grabbed it and Moose is out. No, we've enjoyed uh, tremendously the hospitality of Montreal, and I've tried to use both names up there. I know about uh, everything. I've called it Montreal, and I've called it Montreal, and I get all the heck down here in Pittsburgh for the way I've said it, man. But I'll anglicize it as Alou swings into one. Here's a young man up here right now, Matty Alou, who never before ever had the chance to hit uh, enough or bad enough to get 200 hits or more. He's had 225 base hits. He's number three all-time in the history of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, and 
only second to Paul Winter and Lloyd Winter. And uh, he's now batted 695 times, and this one right here will set the all-time world record in baseball if he doesn't get a base on balls for the most appearances at the plate, officially. So we have a one-ball, one-strike count, Gary Wozlewski on the hill in relief of Raymond, who in turn relieved Robertson. The pitch is inside, two balls and a strike. Knowing Matty Alou, Ben, I don't think to both you and Russ that he'll allow a walk. I think he'll swing anything under the plate even. There's a swinging drive down the right field line foul upper deck, and the count is two and two. He's a fantastic hitter. Of course, all of the uh, superlatives have been used to describe Matty Alou, but what an exciting ball player. He can reach anywhere and get that uh, get that ball. It doesn't have to be in the strike zone. He can hit it. Well, he surely can. He's a fantastic hitter. Two balls, two strikes. Here's the pitch and a swing and a bouncing foul wide at first. Ty Klein doesn't even get a shot at it. Don Leppard, the fired coach, picked it up. Uh, I just really do believe, and I could only hope I haven't seen the National League schedule for next year. We'd love to come to Montreal. May I hope and pray that we don't open with you. Or I'll have to bring earmuffs. I just can't stand cold weather until, like, say, May or June. Bouncing ball up the middle. Base hit. Matty Lou with a base hit, and it sets the world record. And I think you'll wait and see that baseball handed in, and you'll also hear the announcement in the background. A base hit. And a world record for the most times at bat, 697. Or rather, 696. I guess they're going to announce it. If they don't, somebody's overlooked something, man. And Russ? That's right. I didn't catch it on the PA. Woody Jensen, a former pirate. Here it comes. Here's Dave Cash. Takes it inside. This young man looks like the heir apparent at second base, by the way, Dave Cash. He's a great uh, hitter. He can feel like the Dickens. And with Mazeroski running his string and Allie Hurt, this young man looks like the boy that'll be second baseman for the Pirates. And thus ends a great era in Bill Mazeroski. I was just going to say, and not just in Bill Mazeroski, but in probably uh, one of the greatest all-time short second combinations of Alley and Mazeroski. I don't think that there'll be any uh, argument about that. One ball, one strike. The pitch is on the inside corner for a strike. It's one and two. Quick snap throw by Ronnie Brand down to first base. The runner, Alou, is safe. They haven't announced it yet, but they gave him the ball. He picks up a base hit, and he sets a world record for the most times at bat, officially. This eliminates, in other words, at any time, bases on balls, hit bats, and what have you. This is appearances at the plate where it is official. Swing and a foul, beats it off the left side. Bob, you got to be excited about all these youngsters uh, like Hebner, Oliver, Sangi, and Cash. Seeing guys like this come along, uh, well, the future's got to be bright. Well, you would hope so, and certainly uh, no question about it. The Montreal Baseball Club with their young men, I mean, uh, with the young pitchers you have, Cash swings, he strikes out. When you, you looked at the young man whom we uh, beat last night or got him out of there, and you see... Uh, what they have going for them. There's no doubt about it. The Montreal Baseball Club is moving in the right direction. 
but I think more than anything, and again, this would beg your description, the fact that the folks at Montreal support your ball club, the manner in which you support them, is almost 90% of the battle. All right, here's Roberto Clemente. He is two for two, scored a run. Swing, drive, right field, runner broke. Around third. Around second goes a little. Clemente tries to go into second. Rusty Stout fires a strike to the plate. Throws a little high, but nobody was moving. So we have Alou to third, and Roberto Clemente has a double. Dave, I want to tell you one thing up at Montreal that have been around baseball for a while remember that he was playing in the Dodger organization in your chain at that time. They tried to hide him, but we drafted him. And without question, Pirates picked up one of the great players in baseball history. Now going to walk uh, Wilbur Stargell. He's 0 for 3, but they're going to walk him to go to Bobby Robertson. Pirates lead your Montreal Expos by the score of 3-2. to two. And we're in the seventh inning. Gary Wasliski. Working here. Now throws ball four to Wilbur. Wilbur, Darnold, Stargell. Just draws an intentional walk. And that's the second given up in the ball game tonight. First intentional. And the batter now is going to be Bobby Robertson, who went in to relieve Al Oliver, who somehow or other came up with food poisoning tonight. Let's take 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Expos Baseball Radio Network. This is the home of Expo Baseball in the Capital District, WHRL in Albany, New York. Robertson, he's a powerhouse boy. He singled in the sixth inning, came around to score the run by which the Pirates now lead. He takes it high and inside off the fastball from Wazluski, and it's one ball and no strikes. Bases loaded, one out. We're in the bottom of the seventh inning here at Forbes Field, one of the world's most historic baseball parks. We've had uh, Jerry Robertson. He went five and two-thirds. He's the pitcher of record. Then Claude Raymond. Now Gary Wazlewski. Robertson takes a low slider for a ball. It's 2-0. Oh. Roberto Clemente has raised his average to 346. Two percentage points behind Pete Rose, who went in at 348. Ball free. Now the Reds are playing Atlanta in Atlanta, where the Braves lead three to one at the end of six. Now the question remains: What has Pete Rose done? If he gets the collar, Roberto Clemente will be the National League batting champion. But if he gets the collar, that'll be something. Strike is called three to one. That double just turned the trick too, I believe, Bob. That third hit tonight. Uh... I think it was a deciding factor, wasn't it? Yes, that put him up at 3-4-6. Yeah. Right. The question, of course, will be, what is Pete Rose doing in Atlanta for the Reds? Three balls and a strike. We're going to Atlanta tomorrow, and we're going to have the pleasure of broadcasting the playoff division championship games, and 
very uh, happily throughout your Canadian Broadcasting Network. Strike now, ball four. Uh, based on balls to Robertson. That'll get him a run battered in. It'll bring in a Lou. And the Pirates will now lead by the score of four to two here in the seventh inning. The batter now is going to be Manny Sanghia. He struck out, bounced out to first. He singled a drive in a run. thing, we've had the pleasure of having uh, Russ and Van on our air back around here and just chatting with us, and Jean-Pierre Sarrault and Jean-Paul Roth. There's a little broken bat bloop back in the right. Base hit. Stop saying it's going to score another couple of runs. Stop overruns the ball. Here comes another runner in, Robertson. He scores on a broken bat bloop to right, and it's a double. Or else it's a single and an error. We'll await the decision. But three more runs come in. They'll call it a hit and an error. Rusty Staub overrunning the ball in shallow right field. A broken bat bloop. That'll give Sanguin two runs batted in. And the third run, Robertson will score on the air. And they're now going to walk Richie Hefner. You know, Van, Russ, uh, our man Hefner was battling your man Coco LaBoy for Rookie of the Year. And I think Coco's had a fine rookie year. He might not win it. Hefner might not win it. Maybe Teddy Sizemore will take it off. But I think it's a tribute to your management and your ball club and your player, LaBoy, that he would be involved in all this uh, amount of time to be in the rookie of the year on. I was going to ask, Bob, could you ever remember where a uh, 29-, 30-year-old ball player was involved in rookie of the year honors? I never have. A fellow with a great desire, and he's the only other fellow that might possibly have had it would have been, say, Maury Wills, and he didn't get it. And he spent eight or nine years in the minor leagues and came up at his age to do it. Foul straight back by Freddie Joe Patek. Two out. He's the ninth man to get up. Three runs are in here in this inning. Uh, take it back. Four runs are in. And thus the Buckos are in front by the score of uh, four, six, seven to two. Remind me next year when you all come in here and broadcast to get you a better booth. I mean, you're just too far down the line. <laughs> well, you really are. You, heck, you got a big career right here. You can't even see the scoreboard. I apologize to both of you. <laughs> no balls. Two strikes. A swing and a miss. He struck him out. And the side is retired. So far, the Pirates in the seventh inning. Four runs. And three hits. A Montreal error and couple of left, and at the end of seven innings, the score is seven to two in favor of Pittsburgh. All right, Bob, before uh, you run away, I just want to take an opportunity to thank you. I know that uh, both the stations in Canada and our network stations in the northeastern United States throughout uh, upstate New York, over in Vermont and New Hampshire, they're uh, all planning to 
Okay, the playoff game starting this Saturday down in Atlanta. They'll be tuned in to hear you and Gene bring all the action as the two clubs, the Mets and the Braves, battle it out for the pennant. And we'll wish you luck. Hope you enjoy that. This is going to put your vacation off for a couple of more weeks, though, huh, Bob? Man, well, yes, but I'm most flattered and most thrilled to having been selected as one of the announcers to uh, broadcast the first division playoff championships. I hope that I can match up whatever happens on the field with uh, the verbal linguistics that must take place. Yes, I am thrilled. After 23 years in the game and a couple of World Series and some All-Star games, uh, this is another top thrill for me, and I can only hope that I'll do the job that'll make our Canadian friends uh, happy with what goes on. Uh, and just before I leave your microphone, I can only wish you and Russ uh, just the best of a wonderful winter. I'm looking forward to seeing you all again next spring when we play a little baseball in the spring and then get ready for the summer activity. And our thanks again for your magnificent cooperation and your wonderful hospitality in your most beautiful city of Montreal. Bob Prince, thank you for those words. The voice of the Pirates, Bob Prince. You'll hear from Bob here again on Saturday in the playoffs. See you later, Bob. Rusty Staub leading off the eighth. It's a high fly ball to right. Going back, Clemente, he's there. One away. Pirates steaming along with a 7-2 lead here in the eighth. And here is Mac Jones and young Bob Moose on the mound. Allowed a run in the first, one in the sixth, and pretty well handcuffed our hitters. Pitch hits the outside corner to Mac, strike one. No balls, one strike. And again, our thanks to Bob Prince for coming down. Moose deals, swing, and a line drive right past Hebner. It's out into left field, a base hit. Stargell up with the ball. Max tries for two. Here comes a throw. He slides, and he is in there. Mac Jones doubles to left, and boy, he ripped that ball by Hebner. As a matter of fact, if you watch the flight of that ball as it went by Hebner, Russ, I don't know if you had the same impression I did, but it looked like it just froze Hebner. That ball went by him, and he still hadn't had his hands off his knees. Mac murdered it, no question about that, Dave. It was a bullet drive. I don't blame uh, Hefner for freezing on the play. Well, you sure don't. Seventh hit off Moose. And here is Kevin Collins. He's 0 for 3, got on on an error on the catcher, Sanguian, in the fourth. He's grounded out and fouled out. Takes the first pitch wide, ball one. Moose at the belt, checks Mac at second. The pitch, swing and a foul, bounced off to the right side. One ball and one strike. There's one out, and Mac Jones in scoring position. The Pirates leading 7-2 here in the eighth. They had a big four-run uprising in the seventh. Moose at the belt. The pitch. Cut on. Ball hit hard to the right side of the infield. Cash stops it. Throws to first. And Kevin is out. Mac moves to third. Four to three if you're scoring by numbers. And that brings Ty Klein to the plate for the fourth time. Ty is one for three with an RBI. He drove in a go-ahead run in the sixth. The Expos had a big chance to get to Bob Moose in the sixth, but he worked out of a jam after getting the bases loaded with nobody out. With one out after Collins was retired, Ty drove in a run, and that's all the Expos could get. A strike on Ty, 0-1.
2,700 here at Forbes Field tonight. The pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike two. In our final game of the 1969 season. The Pirates trying to make it two in a row and secure that third place for a little money. Pitches high and outside to Sanguian. Ball one. One ball, two strikes. Winds it up. The pitch. And it's down in the dirt. Ball two. Two balls, two strikes. They've got bullpen activity. For the Pirates, Steve Blass, a right-hander, is throwing. They got a left-hander throwing down there, but I can't tell, uh, can't see a number, and I can't tell whether it's a pitcher. Just throwing easy. Here's a 2-2. Bounce to the right side. Cash up with it. Throws to first. That's all for Klein and the Expos. No runs. One hit. No errors. One left. The end of seven and a half at Forbes Field. Pirates seven. Expos two. Well, it was indeed a pleasure listening to Bob Prince, the Pirate broadcaster, in the game of baseball for 23 years. So Bob has certainly experienced a lot of thrills covering Major League Baseball. I'm sure his biggest, of course, or one of his biggest, would have had to been Mazeroski's home run off Ralph Terry in the 1960 World Series. To mention this, too, to remind everyone that Mazeroski's, the description of Mazeroski's home run is contained... In this record album, a stereo long-playing album, Baseball, the first 100 years. Also, you hear some excerpts out of a Colfax no-hitter, Roger Maris's 61st home run, Bobby Ghetto's double in the 1947 World Series, and Mickey Owens' pass ball, Feller's 17 strikeouts, and a lot of other great uh, thrills. For a copy of the record, send $3 American funds, $3.25 Canadian funds, check or money order, to Montreal Expo's Baseball Centennial Album, Box 500, Revere, Massachusetts. Carl Simbera on a pitch for the Expos in the bottom half of the eighth inning. Pete Rose is 0 for 3 so far in that ball game at Atlanta. And our friend... Roberto Clemente of the Pirates is three for three. Boy, what an exciting finish this is to the National League batting race. Roberto can win the batting crown tonight. And that would be quite a steal from Pete Rose. Rose leading at the 348 percentage going into tonight's game. Clemente hitting 342. Now, the bottom of the eighth, and the pitcher Bob Moose will lead things off, be followed by Matty Alou and Dave Cash. Moose is 0 for 2 with a sacrifice at the plate. Here's Carol Sambara on the pitch for the Expos. First pitch is a strike. Fastball, 0 and 1. So Gary Wazlewski is through, working one inning, giving up four runs. Three hits. He struck out one, make it two. And let's see, I believe he had three walks in that inning. He did. Carol Sambara, right-hander. Fired another strike for 0-2. The waste pitch is outside. One ball, two strikes. 
Pete Rose at the moment. Batting 347. Having gone 0 for 3, so he is at 347. Swing and a miss. That's all for Moose. He's out. And that'll bring Matty Alou to the plate. One for four. Had that historic at-bat in the seventh. So that would put Clemente to within one percentage point of Pete Rose at the moment. Now, if Rose goes 0 for 4, his batting average will drop down to 346. Here's a foul coming back, upper deck. 0-1 is the count on Matty Alou. So that battle for the National League batting title taking place right here. Here's a line drive. Fine dives. Can't get it. It's down the right field line. Stop in the corner up with the ball. Alou digs for two. The throw is not in time. He's in there. A double for Matty Alou. That ball was just fair over first base. His second hit. And with one out, Alou's at second, and the batter will be Dave Cash. Alou, who broke the major league record for most times at bat, adds to it now. Six hundred and ninety-eight at bats. Broke the record by Forrest Woody Jensen that was set in nineteen thirty-six. Of six hundred and ninety-six. Alou now with six hundred and ninety-eight. Here's the pitch to Cash. Way outside, ball one. Carlson Barra on the mound. He checks his runner. Here's the pitch. Swung on and chopped over some bear's head. Charging Staley. He has it and drops it. Everybody's safe. And it's going to be scored as a base hit for Cash on a chopper to the right side of the infield. Alou goes to third, and the Pirates have got runners at first and third with one down and the batter, Roberto Clemente. He has three for three with a walk. Clemente three for three tonight. And right here, this at-bat could be the batting title for the National League. Of course, this is all depending on what Pete Rose is doing at Atlanta, and we're trying to keep up with that, too. At the moment, Rose is 0 for 3, and they tell us he has probably one more at-bat coming. The first pitch to Clemente. Swing and a miss, strike one. Clemente at the moment batting 346. And Pete Rose at the moment batting 347. Here's the pitch. Clemente swings, chops it to the left side. Collins charges, has it, throws the first, not in time. Clemente is out. Clemente couldn't get there. And the throw from Kevin Collins beat him. That brings Alou home with run number eight for the Pirates. Clemente does pick up an RBI, and Cash moves to second, but it's out number two. And Clemente did not get a hit here, so now we have to refigure all over again. (laughs) 
Billy Stargell has given way. Yeah, let's see who's coming in to hit for Stargell. Who do we have? A right-hand batter who's not listed here. We'll get it in a second. Cash is at second. Pirates lead 8-2. Bottom of the eighth at Forbes Field. Stargell was called back. Swing and a miss. Strike two. One ball, two strikes. Well, let's see who else they've got around here now. This has got to be John Jeter. John Jeter, right-hand batter. The pitch, swing and a miss. Strike three. That's it. He's out of there. One run, two hits. No errors, one left. And the score at the end of eight innings. Pirates eight, Expos two. All right, we want to do a little arithmetic here and get the story on the batting lead. And at the same time, stay in touch with Atlanta, which the Pirates are doing for us. And they'll pass on to us exactly what happens to Pete Rose in that ball game down in Atlanta. Now, as we mentioned, Rose has gone 0 for 3 in that game at Atlanta, which the Braves were leading 3-1, but Cincinnati's come up with four runs now in the seventh and have taken a 5-3 lead. So Pete Rose had a hand in that and comes up with a hit and maybe gets another chance to come to bat later in the game. He can go on and secure the batting championship for the second year in a row. But Roberto Clemente is giving it a big run here and a bid for his fifth National League batting championship and at the moment is just one percentage point away from Pete Rose who's batting 347 and Clemente at still at 346. Well, here in the top of the ninth, the Pirates leading 8-2 to two, and it's Ron Brand stepping in, then Bobby Wine and then we'll have a pinch hitter. The first pitch to Ron is low ball one. The 1-0 pitch Check swing. Ball two is outside. Jeter in left. Halu in center. Clemente in right. 2-0 is cut on and a bounder to the left side. That's a base hit. Ron Brand comes up with a single here off by Moose. Eight hits now off the right-hander. And the batter is Bobby Wide. So here we are now. In the last inning, at Forbes Field with the Pirates leading 8-2, Gary Sutherland has moved into the on-deck circle to bat for Carol Zambara. The pitch, Bobby takes it low. So Clemente now, with that ground out, here's the pitch low and in to Bobby for a ball. Now, Pete Rose did get a hit in that big inning in which Cincinnati scored four runs in the seventh. So, Rose is now one for four. And Russ will work out the arithmetic here for us in just a second. So, it looks like that hit by Rose might have done it. 
A foul off the bat of Wine went to the right side. It's one ball and one strike to Bobby Wine. At the belt, Moose checks his runner brand at first. The pitch fouled upstairs, right side. Strike two. Dave, uh, with Rose going one for four so far in that ball game, now these figures are unofficial. Rose is hitting 347. Clemente is now hitting 345. 347 for Pete Rose, 345 for Roberto Clemente. Here's the one-two to Bobby. Bounce to the left side. Hebner has it. Goes to second for one. Back to first. A double play. Around the horn, double play. Five to four to three. Two outs, nobody on. And we are within one out here of ending the 1969 baseball season. The Pirates leading eight to two. They wanted this series badly. It meant third place to them, and that means money to each individual player. And they've gone hard against our Expos here the last two nights. Moose delivers. A bounder to the right side. This could be the season. Up with the ball. Oliver uh, Robertson steps on the bag, and it's all over. The 1969 baseball season is in the books. The Pirates beat the Expos 8-2 as Gary Sutherland grounds out to the first baseman, Bob Robertson, unassisted. The final score, the Pirates 8, the Expos 2, and I will have the totals in just one minute. Well, the 1969 baseball season has officially come to a close for the Montreal Expos as they dropped an 8-2 decision to the Pittsburgh Pirates here at Forbes Field tonight. However, the box office at the Montreal Expo office in Montreal remains open 365 days a year. Well, not 365. The box office personnel, of course, get the holidays, but it's open 52 weeks a year. And it's open to accept season ticket subscriptions for next year. Remember, a box seat costs $350, a reserve seat $250. If you buy a box seat, remember that you'll make a saving of $35. If you buy a reserve seat for $250, remember that you save $19.50. Write to the Montreal Expos Baseball Club, 1010 St. Catherine Street West, for further ticket information. Reserve your season tickets now for Expos 1970. Well, it seems hard to believe, but it's true. The baseball season has officially come to an end for the Montreal Expos. They opened up with a victory 11-10 over the New York Mets back on April 8th at Shea Stadium in New York. And tonight, unfortunately, they couldn't win it. They dropped an 8-2 decision to the powerful Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates with a batting order that spells nothing but trouble for the opposition from the first man to down around the 7th or 8th, and even the 8th man in the order uh, can come up with his hit. So the Pirates, and we're speaking of that 8th man, Freddie Potek, who's actually been a thorn on the Expo side most of the season. So 8-2 to two the final score for the Pirates over the Expos. With more on the ball game, it's back to Dave. Well, here's the line score for the Pirates. Eight runs, 13 hits, and an error. For the Expos, two runs, eight hits, and one error. Bob Moose, was the winning pitcher and Jerry Robertson the losing pitcher. Moose winds up 14 and 3 for the year. And for Jerry Robertson, he winds up 5 and 16 for the year. And that, as we said, is the final game of the season. The Pirates wind up winning 88 and losing 74 and taking third place in the Eastern Division of the National League, in which we finished sixth. 
winning 52 and losing 110. So 8-2 to two is the final score of our final game of our first season, and I'll have more on this wrap-up in just one minute. Fans, we'd like to remind all of you, before we sign off for the 1969 season, that the Expos yearbook will be available by mail. For a copy of the latest issue of the Expos yearbook, there have been four issues this year, send $1.25 to yearbook Jerry Park, Montreal. The latest edition of the Expos yearbook has all the information in the earlier editions, information on the spring training camp, how the Montreal Expos baseball club was founded in the first place, uh, dope and all the players, and manager Gene Mock. Now, the latest edi edition has all this, but also information on most of the latecomers to the Montreal Expos roster. So, for a copy of the yearbook, send a dollar and a quarter to yearbook Jerry Park, Montreal. And yes, the yearbook, all four issues, contain the colorful portrait of the Expos taken at their spring training camp in West Palm Beach in Florida. Yearbook, Jerry Park, Montreal. Well, for the Montreal Expos and for the Pittsburgh Pirates and for the rest of the National League, with the exception of the games that are underway, the 1969 season is over. That is, with the exception of the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets. They'll be going into the playoffs Saturday, starting at Atlanta Stadium in Atlanta. And, of course, the winner of the National League pennant goes on to the World Series to meet the winner of the American League pennant as the Minnesota Twins will battle the Baltimore Orioles. But it has been, uh, without a doubt, a thrilling and exciting baseball season for all of us associated with the Montreal Expos, and especially uh, for the fans who have had such a great time at Jerry Park this year. We have gone through 162 games. The team has scored 582 runs, and 1,300 hits have taken place over those 162 games. And... Uh, some of the most memorable hits of uh, Montreal Expos history. Some of the games that were played in this first year will be remembered through the years by baseball fans and by those of us associated with the club. The first year of the Montreal Expos in the National League. A year that just uh, really a few short months ago seemed like it would never get underway because there was so much to be done in such a little amount of time that it seemed almost impossible that the, that the season could start and that we'd be ready in Montreal. But everything was ready. The field, the stadium, the players, management. Season got underway, and by golly, all of a sudden it's over. 162 games. And here we are on the 2nd of October. And that day at Shea Stadium on April 8th seems just like yesterday when the Expos won their very first game in the National League and in professional baseball. And, of course, here tonight, the ball players are disappointed that they could not have won in this last ball game. But as we said, the Pirates had a lot at stake, and that was the big uh, third place in the National League and a chance to finish in the money. And they went all out and swept this two-game series. For many of the Expos, it's back home to jobs, to time with families, to vacations. For a lot of them, well, just a couple of days off, and they're right back down in Florida to the Instructional League. They'll be working on that breaking ball, trying to get that slider over the plate, trying to develop a little bit better fastball and a good change of pace get the batting eye back. For those that did not play a great deal during the season, it'll be a lot of work, a lot of time spent in the batting cage under the tutelage of the fine instructors that the Expos will have down in Florida. 
The formation of young ball players building future champions, building a strong franchise and a winning ball club in winning ways. All these things just around the corner for the Montreal Expos, the most exciting team in baseball that played before the most exciting fans in baseball. And although that title of the most exciting team in baseball may be tagged on them a little bit early, we'll see in a few years if that's not exactly what we have. It's what the Expos have planned for their team and for their fans. And I'm sure that the front office from President John McHale on down is not going to let the fans down. Dave Van Horn and Russ Taylor, we're going to have a final word for you, but right now, 10 seconds for station identification on the Expos Baseball Radio Network. This is the home of Expo Baseball in the Capital District, WHRL in Albany, New York. Well, at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh, we're putting the cap on the 1969 baseball season. And Russ, although we would take up an hour here, we tried to thank all of the people that we should thank. We'd have to start with the fans and name them individually. So we can't go down the entire list, but I, I think we would have to start with not only the fans, but of course, manager Gene Mock, the coaches, Cal McLish, Peanuts Lowry, Bob Oldis, Jerry Zimmerman, all of the players for the cooperation that they have given us this season, and also to our co-workers, John pierre Waugh, John Paul Sorone, over here on the French Network for the Montreal Expos, the way we've been able to work together and enjoy ourselves in this first season, and of course the regular, the regulars that have been uh, on the beat covering the Expos, General Manager Jim Fanning, Lou Martin out at the at Jerry Park, Luby Veal, the groundskeeper. There's just no end to the number of people that that we should thank and express our thanks to publicly. Uh, people like trainer Joe Lissio, and of course. Last night here in Pittsburgh, those of us that have traveled with this club throughout the season gave a little testimonial party to our traveling secretary, the guy that we feel is uh, just the greatest in the world, Mr. Gene Kirby. And our, our heartfelt thanks will be expressed right here and now publicly to the Expo's director of travel, Gene Kirby, who is a guy that takes care of us, sees to it that our, we get to the plane on time and get the right rooms at the hotel and the bus to the ballpark. He takes care of everybody in the party and uh, is just one great guy. And, and Russ, uh, I know that we haven't thanked uh, the people that we should. We've just touched on it uh, by mentioning a few names, but uh, I'd like to wind up by personally thanking you for making uh, this year uh, one of the most enjoyable years uh, I have ever had, ever spent in my life. And it's, uh, it's just a joy to work with you, and I, I hope that the fans uh, have enjoyed our broadcast uh, as much as we've enjoyed bringing the games to the fans. Well, Dave, the feeling goes uh, both ways, no question about that. And, of course, we'd like to thank those many fans throughout Canada and the United States who are so kind enough to write letters. Some of the letters, uh, perhaps a little bit of criticism, suggestions, uh, not too much criticism, a lot of suggestions, and Dave and I will be doing a lot of reading during the offseason and certainly a lot of writing to these fans who have taken the trouble to write to us here in Montreal. It's been... Well, Dave, I think you said it all. It's been really and truly a tremendous experience for me personally and all for you. And a thrill that uh, I certainly will never forget. Be part of the broadcast team of the Montreal Expos in their first year in baseball, the year 1969, as truly a year to remember. 
Well, believe it or not, we're not going to say goodnight yet because just around the corner is more on that National League race for the batting championship and the scores of other games played today, the final day of the regular season. So stay tuned for the baseball scoreboard with Russ Taylor beginning in just two minutes on the Expos Baseball.